Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 185. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Excited. Uh, lots going on. Uh, we had another good conversation uh, again today, like we've been having the last few days, the last few weeks with other ski-related people, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we, yeah we're, uh, we're actually getting a couple of interviews in the can because we have just had a, a plethora of people that we've been talking to and, you know, lining up. And it's been a great experience talking with all these people because they're all people in different areas of the ski world. I don't know what it is. I'm not used to having people talk to us. So I'm like, I'm, I'm all out of order now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool that people are, are starting to, you know, like check us out, check our podcast out and want to talk to us and have cool stories to share. So it's been a lot of fun, you know, talking to people and hearing their stories and just kind of bonding over, you know, skiing and snowboarding, which is what we all love doing. And make sure you got to, you got to like us, follow us. You got to ask for stickers. Yeah. Like go to ski podcast.com. That's I'm the best the- place to go. Check us out and follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, best places to get some stickers is dm us on instagram that's our our favorite mode of communication also if you can subscribe your favorite podcasting apps itunes stitcher spotify we're also on youtube and pinterest are you pinning things at all have we pinned i'm gonna pin things today i'm gonna make it a point to pin some stuff all right and if you want to send us an email skibumpodcast at gmail.com we're kind of all over the place these days but yeah, the best places, if you really want to just go to ski podcast.com. That's got all of our info. We're, we're going to be hitting up. We're on the street team for two Warren Miller events. The first one is Ooh. happening in Morristown, New Jersey. That is on November the 26th. It's a Tuesday. Also, we're going to be teaming up with the Central Jersey Ski Club in Red Bank. This is the first time they're having it there. So we want to make sure that that's going to be sweet. Do- everything we can that it is to make sure it's a success. So they keep doing it because that's kind of local to where I live. That's going to be on December 4th. So the week after Thanksgiving, that is a Wednesday we're promoting that we'll be part of that event. So hopefully as many of you that are in the, those two areas can come out and uh, have a drink, watch a ski movie, snowboard movie, and have a fun time. So so first off, we want to give a, a big shout out and a thank you to our sponsor, Quickie Wax. It is a Colorado ski bum owned company. They have four different kinds of waxes available. They got the warm, the all temp, the cold, the cleaner. If you need some wax, if you want to get ready for the season, go hit them up. QuickieWax.com. Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X. There it is. Mario is rocking the cold right there. Rocking the cold. I'm loving the cold. It's coming. It's coming. So get your skis ready. Get your board ready. Grab some wax. They also do custom skis there. So they are, uh, they're one of us. So check them out. Quickiewax.com. And thank you again for sponsoring us. It's time for Opray Today. I'm going to start us off with, you know, we've been talking about some seltzers now. Like everybody's coming out with a seltzer. Uh, I think I mentioned this before on a podcast, but... I'm really liking this Natty Light Seltzer, the Catalina Lime Mixer. I don't even know who you are anymore. You don't even know who I am. See? I don't even know anymore. The, it's the freaking Catalina Lime Mixer, Brian. 
It used to be Mario's like, oh, I'm ordering these beers from Vermont, you know, I'm getting some sip of sunshine. And now it's just, I'm going to have some goddamn Natty Light Seltzer. So I'm the type of person that will eat the same thing or drink the same thing for a while. So like if I make a big thing of chili, I'm eating chili for like five days. I don't care. Like when I used to live alone, just whatever. I'm eating the same thing every day. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Um, And then when I'm done with it, I don't ever want to see it again. So I might drink these for about another week. And then once it's out of my system, I won't want to drink them for a long time. Well, you two have the advantage of living in a place that feels summery at all times and the beverage you know these these seltzer beverages are definitely more summer focused so this is i tell you what the beers i've been better like i've been off of beers for a little while i've been on to the gimlets the the whatchamacallit the moscow mules the seltzer spike seltzers um and just like vodka tonics vodka seltzer not even tonic uh i just want something that's not syrupy you know I'm still in a hot place. So I'm still at the beach. This is, this isn't bad. I got to say, I thought it was going to be disgusting. All honesty. <laughs> I was like, let me just try it. Cause I'm out and I saw it and I was like, ah, oh, I like the name. And I was like, ha, that's pretty funny. Let me try it. You know, if anybody doesn't know Step Brothers or hasn't seen it, Catalina wine mixer was like the big event in that movie. Um, so obviously they must've done something to get the rights to it. And uh, they use, Catalina lime mixer as their as their name and it's a cherry lime seltzer uh i thought it was gonna be disgusting and it's actually delicious um it's kind of like a soda like a seltzery soda like a sprite with a little hint of something but it's not as sweet as sprite which i even like it's actually less sweet as sprite and it has like six percent alcohol so lets you know it's there it's really creeps up it's on like an ipa it creeps up on you though. Like you don't think there's any alcohol in it. You're like, you could pound these down, especially nice and cold. And then they have another one, which I just tried the other day. It's called Aloha beaches. <laughs> so They definitely get points for the names. The, the name is, is freaking great. And that one is like mango and peach, but it's, it's like that hint and it tastes good. I mean, it's like a LaCroix with alcohol. Let's put it with 6% alcohol. Damn. That's uh. That's quite a picture you're painting there. Yeah. Is it LaCroix, LaCroix? How do you say it? You know, it depends what company I'm around. If I'm around yeah. fancy people, I'll call it LaCroix. LaCroix. If I'm around the common folks, I'll call it LaCroix. I really don't know. You say LaCroix about around some people like, what the fuck are you talking about? Boy? You mean LaCroix? <laughs> no, no, it is LaCroix. Are we drinking it in your foyer or your foyer? That's I don't right. Know. So this only has... 122 calories. So it's a little bit more actually than a, a beer. Beers are usually around 110, right? A light beer. Somewhere uh, around there, yeah. Natty Light. And I said to the bartender when I got this and I tried it for the first time, I was like, this may be the only thing to save natural beer. Seriously, right? Because <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I, I think I drank them less when I was in, not even college. I was too poor in college. I think maybe when I was in high school. I mean, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a long road for me. So, <laughs> how about you, Brian? What do you got? I've had a crazy last couple of weeks. It's just been you know talked about all the the ski events that have been going on the last few weeks, which again have been awesome. But there's been a lot of a lot of time spent going to them and talking and just busy, busy, busy. Between that the podcast, doing these interviews. I've had this work 
thing I've had to work on because this is not a full-time job yet. This a is just a labor thing. of love at this point. It was Damn, a work. I had to, I have my normal W2 job, but there was a, I had to get a certification that required me to do a lot of studying over the last couple of weeks. It's temporary though, that, that I know. So I had to kind of do this in order to get what I need to get out of my job in the near future. So I had to do this and it, all the time that I would usually spend towards getting things done for the podcast and doing some extra creative work was absorbed by this undertaking that was required of me that I did not want to do. But I finished my certification yesterday. I passed my test that I had to take. And now I'm having a little bit of a celebratory revelry beverage. And I decided that that revelry beverage would be the Balvenie Doublewood 12-year scotch. Oh, so that's similar to what I'm drinking. Oh, it's almost a night and day. In I actually same, it's, a, it's in the same range you, you know, of status, right? Pretty much, of course. You know, a fancy scotch and a natty light are always light. brothers in arms, I think they call them. Usually this is the chaser to that, right? You have one of those yeah. and then you chase it with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this At the is the country club, of course. Yes, this is a scotch I have recommended to several people. I used to be really into scotches for a couple of years. Kind yeah. of more into bourbons and rise now. I've never but... been that much into scotch. I don't like that. I think it's the peaty aftertaste or something. I don't know, something about it. It depends what kind of scotch you get from where it's from, you know, whether it's you know Speyside or Highlands or or Islay, they're all have some unique flavors to them. But the Balvenie is one of the ones I would recommend to people who want to try scotches who don't really have a palate for it. It's really smooth. It's really mellow. It's got a really good taste and doesn't have a ton of peat flavor to it. It's got a little I would, bit. I would trust Brian's recommendation because I trusted you on the bourbon recommendation when I first started drinking bourbon. You were like, look, why don't you just try a nice Basil Hayden? And I was like... I had no idea what it was, and I tried it, and I was like, it was fucking delicious. Yeah, see, that was a good one, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like Basil Hayden is kind of one of those, you know, solid bourbon if you're kind of starting out. This yeah. is the same kind of thing in a scotch. And this got, the cool thing is it's got the two casks, this double wood. So they started out for 10 years, and it uh, goes through the maturation process in whiskey oak casks, and it mellows the spirit and imparts it with warming layers of vanilla spiciness. That's what they do at Natural Light as well. Pretty much. <laughs> and then the second cask, you get further maturation in European oak sherry casks, which increases the complexity, bringing fruity, honeyed depths to the resulting single malt. Wow. Now, that's a lot of beautiful marketing and, and uh, you know, words worthy in descriptions. dope right there. But it really does have like a honey, vanilla sweetness to it. And it has that little bit of peat flavor that kind of lets you know that it's a scotch. But it's, it's not overpowering. It's not like one of those like Ardbeg or something where it just tastes like smoke. Like oh, Ardberg is smoke smoked, glass. isn't it? It's like smoky. That's really rough stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's if you want to, you're a little more hardcore if you know if you've been smoking cigarettes for 80 years and you really you want to feel have something a few packs you want have to, a little odd burg. you want to feel something again after everything is just dead your taste buds your your penis it's all dead from smoking everything's dead you want to feel alive again that's when you dead go to the art but yeah 
dead inside. Balvini Doublewood, solid scotch, highly recommended. Nice. May have to pick some up. Yeah, you could do worse. I'll pick some up at the local bodega where I got this natural light. <laughs> Dude, there is, I have the shadiest liquor store near me. And I don't know why it's shady. It's not a bad part of town, but there's always shit going down there. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> there's like an ambulance or a cop car there with the lights on every week. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not recommended, but. All right. So let's start off with a little uh, news, a little. Um, Opre News, uh, Molson Coors is going to be moving their headquarters to Chicago. Uh, so they're closing the Denver office, making Chicago and the North American operational headquarters, and they're cutting about four to 500 jobs, primarily in the U.S., Canada, um, international reporting segments and corporate. So uh, I would imagine Denver is getting a lot of cuts. So uh, pretty interesting. So they're saying... You know, they're talking about the share loss and the company reported this loss and whatever loss. So I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe they, they didn't make a nice seltzer uh, like everybody else is making. Uh, but they're saying they're going to close Denver and open Chicago. Um, so I guess if you're in Chicago, there's going to be jobs on the rise. And if you're in Denver, uh, less jobs for you. So well, that was one of the interesting things that it, it said in that article, too, is that they're changing the name, too. Oh, they're saying Molson Coors Beverage Company. Right, because it used to be Brewing Company. It used to right. be Molson Coors Brewing. They're now going to be Molson Coors Beverage. Oh, and I guess, well, they make spike seltzers. They make White Claw and other spike seltzers. So they're doing it basically to embrace the trendy younger drinkers that like those spike seltzers. And they're saying instead of calling it a brewing company, a beverage company would to them sound a little bit more appealing. But who's actually like who's <sighs> reading the name of the parent company that makes their product? Like yeah, it could be exactly. like you know, like a lot you of You walk in stuff, and you say, give me white claws. Do you have white claws? Everybody knows. Do you care who the parent company of white claw is? You give you a shit if it got sold overnight. Right? Yeah. If it got sold overnight. As long as you're making the same thing, just give me a goddamn white claw that I want. As long as they still have mango white claw, everything is going to be all right. Dude, as long as it's not a truly, truly are fucking horrible. I've tried them all. I, I, I had to do some sampling. You're just a connoisseur of uh, these spiked seltzers now, aren't you? I, t- I tried them out. Have you tried them? Have you, have you run the gambit and tried them? I, have, I think I've had a sip of one, and that's about it. You know which one? I think it was white claw. All right. White claw is not bad. Uh, Spike Seltzer is pretty good as well. Uh, Truly is absolutely horrible. And then there's the Natty Light, which I got my pecking order for these. That's the Basil Hayden of the uh, of these. <laughs> what is it actually called? The is it? Are they? I guess you wouldn't call it a Spike Seltzer because that's actually the name of one of the products. Is yeah. that like the Kleenex of these Spike Seltzers? Well, here's the weird part. All these ones that they call so Natural Light Seltzer. Uh, I think this is a malted beverage. I don't think this is actually seltzer stuff added. Yeah, this is a malt beverage. So all the ones that are like White Claw and everything, the Bon and Viv Spike Seltzer, those are all malt beverages. So we're this is like a King Cobra. This is like the modern day white man's King Cobra. Like, <laughs> I think you mean the white woman's. <laughs> white woman's King Cobra. Exactly. <laughs> That's the other problem with it. So, um, 
but yeah, it's like this is like a malt beverage. So it they have one. I saw an ad uh, the other day, and I was like, oh, I gotta try it. They they're advertising that it's actually a uh, vodka and seltzer. So they just got vodka seltzer and and bottled it. So it's actually seltzer water that they put in there. The malt beverage, I don't even know how they make this thing. I guess it's just malted from like fruit stuff and they ferment it and chuck it in a can. There you go. Wow. So it's kind of like a beer. I mean, they go probably through a fermentation process if it's a malt beverage and come out with that. Whereas a seltzer and vodka is probably a cleaner product, you know, for your body to digest. I'm just saying like health wise is probably probably low calorie and more alcohol and just the same as you putting, you know, that's the other thing. It's more portable, but then you, you get down to it. You're like, so you can't buy seltzer and you can't buy vodka and you put them together. Like, yeah. Are you that fucking lazy? And the answer is yes. You know, I think it's also a laziness thing and more of a convenience thing. Cause it's not like you're, yeah. it's not like you're sitting it now. Maybe you are, but I don't think most people are sitting at home <laughs> drinking me. this. It's one of those things you're like on the road, you're taking it to the beach. You're yeah, taking you go it to the, the beach. You, yeah. you want a vodka seltzer at the beach. Boom. You're not bringing a handle of Tito's to the beach unless you're just exactly. you know, trying to die or kill seagulls perhaps. Yeah. Or you got to put it in a water bottle. hope nobody take, takes that water bottle and starts chugging it. Like it's just a whole weird thing, you know, Yeah. because that handle of Tito's doesn't travel well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to get one of those, uh, six, eight, six, Hydra stashes, you know, the jackets <laughs> that have that uh, hydration pouch in there. Yeah. That's where you load up your Tito's. And then you're sweating your balls off walking to the beach in that thing. <laughs> yeah. It's not the ideal clothing for going to the beach. That's for sure. Mm. So there's one other story here while we're hanging out in the app right today segment. And this was from our, our friends over at powder magazine. And this was a cool article that came out today. This was great. You sent this to me in a uh, text the other day. That was awesome. Yeah. This in the article is called, this is the only thing you should put in your flask. It was a well-written article too. It's a well-written article. It's in this month's print issue of powder magazine too. And I, I read, you know, the, the subhead of it and it says, Betcharovka has nothing to do with getting you drunk. And I didn't realize that Betcharovka is actually the name of the drink they were going to talk about in this article as being the thing that you should put in your flask. I'm kind of looking for this like magical. I thought it was a recipe. I thought it was a mix of something. That's right. I thought out, it was going to be a handcrafted grappa or something. Like, that's what I was kind of thinking too. But I do like the description where, you know, it goes into the article. It says, you know, I'm not here to get you drunk, you know, because it has the criteria. It, you know, it's like bourbon is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I will not entertain the drink that shall not be named, which starts with F. And I agree with all. Yep. Percent. Yeah. Now, if any of our listeners love the name that shall the drink that shall not be named, um, hey, if that's what gets you off and that's what you like doing, go right ahead. I don't subscribe to it. I drink a lot of stuff, as you know. On this show, I drink a lot of stuff. Off the show, I drink a lot of stuff. Brian, we all know we drink both drink a lot of stuff. I I hate that stuff. I hate yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's weird. It's kind of gross. I I understand its purpose. It, it annoys me that it exists, but I'm not. I don't even. I just let it be. I don't even think about it. You know, I don't even. I don't waste any effort. I don't even it. understand its purpose. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's gross. Mm. 
Snowflakes couldn't drink Jägermeister. Need something sweeter. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, but anyway. Just, I can understand Jägermeister. It has a place. It definitely does. Well, that's where this Betcherovka comes in. That's what's cool about it. So it was invented. Petrovka. It was invented in the early 1800s in Bohemia by Dr. Joseph Becker, Dr. B. As the water of life to cure all ailments of the day, including, but not limited to, hangovers, burrito gut, malaise of shitty snow, lethargy (laughs) of boring ski partners, melancholy of my boyfriend slash girlfriend carries their skis like a load of wood, or some rare STI only found in Breckenridge. Nice. Fantastic. Hysterical. Very, very good. Very well written. So it's a, uh, a different uh, mix of herbs, spices, aromatic oils. And but I like how they describe like it. A legend. Like I've never heard of this stuff. I've never, I've probably seen it. I'm sure at some point I never really thought about it. Yeah. But I like how he, he describes that. He says, there's only two people that have the full list of ingredients. And those two people get together in a room called Draga Kamer to mix the spices each week. And that's true. And it's because they're keeping the trade secret. Now, trade secrets, you know, people think that there are no trade secrets anymore. I mean, Coca-Cola has that fucking recipe literally in a vault. And there's a lot of people that don't know it. You know, you can try to mass produce it. You could try to recreate it. But literally, it is. I mean, the Ludens, uh, remember Ludens Cough Drops? Yeah the brothers used to actually mix the recipe and they used to lock themselves in a vault when they used to do it. So it's just, they, they exist. And I think it's pretty awesome that they still do it this way. You have no idea what we put in it. That's almost like KFC, right? Isn't like the, uh, the Colonel's original, like, uh, what's the Secret how many, recipe? Yeah. How many herbs and spices did he have? 10 or 20 or nine? I don't know. I think it's 31, but he, he's not going to tell you. That's Baskin Robbins. <laughs> there's 31 flavors of baskin robbins i don't think 31 spices 31 is the magic number 31 spices out there that's a lot of spices that's the answer to life 31 it's actually 36 but you know that's what everybody thinks but who's counting flavors and spices 31 once daylight savings times hit you gotta subtract five son everybody knows that that's right <laughs> that's this weekend <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so this, this guy says his friends refer to it as Christmas in a bottle. Mm. So I'm reading this article and I'm like, I got to get this stuff. Like my goal tomorrow is to get a bottle of this stuff. But I'm also feeling a little concerned because I'm it's getting put up on this pedestal at this point. I'm reading this article, thinking about it. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this sounds like it's going to be amazing. And I know I'm going to open it and be like, what the fuck? Now I got this right. $30 goddamn bottle. I could have spent Build 30 bucks on some good beers or... Almost a, good, a half a, good a bottle of Angel's Envy. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm still going to buy it. Still want to try it. And I, I just love the fact that it's like, you know, it's... it's So, if you don't drink gin, or you don't drink grappa or Schwetzkenwasser or anything like that. Now, Brian, your family... <laughs> I, I know them pretty well. They, uh, you know, back in the old country, they still make grappa the way it was meant to be made. They, schnapps, they ferment yeah. enough, the schnapps and they, and they ferment it and they distill it in an actual like legitimate place and they bottle it. And it's very, a, pr- a pride thing for them. But that recipe is either unique or different every year. And it's magical because sometimes you get a great recipe or somebody makes great Schwetzka or, you know, like it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this is being put up on a pedestal now, and I have to get a bottle of it, and I'm I'm excited about it. And one thing that's kind of awesome. They, they the actually way, allude to that it's available a lot of places, so I'm like, I, I'm hoping it's not that hard to find, right? I looked it up. Total Wine has it on their website. So, oh, nice. So it should be available. Yeah. And I like I like the description of it. It says, fill your flask with, what were we saying? Pechorka? Petrovka. 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 It's a a happiness spreader. It goes down easy. It's the Daffy of Booze. Oh, the Daffy of Booze. Daffy of Booze. It's a great description. So speaking of which, uh, when are you making your um, glue line? And when am I making my Jaeger tea? Well, I can only answer the first question. Because I think we have an opportunity to market this. These might be handcrafted gifts given away in Boston. They maybe could we should, be. Maybe we should open like a like a rogue stand. You know, just open like a <laughs> like a. Because think about it, if you smell that stuff, you're like, what is over there? Like, I got to try some of this. Just get a little crock pot and keep just it. Just get warming. a cauldron, keep it in like a little wagon, and pull it around. Two little two little cauldrons and walk around. Let's get into the Genjula. Oh, you got this. There hasn't been a lot of great news lately in the gondola. Um, There's a lot of weird stuff with the vape stuff that's being banned. And, you know, it's a lot of our last Instagram posting got banned because it had the word vape in it. It had the word vape. We talked about tainted vapes and they banned it. So Facebook is a taint, and I hate Facebook because they're the assholes that banned it. So if you want to boycott Facebook, you can join us. It's because of us. Join us in, in dropping Facebook. We have Solidarity. A, you could write to us on Facebook and we'll never see it because we never look at it. We just like, we use I like, like, I look at my personal Facebook too. Yeah, we use a Hootsuite and Instagram and it allows us to post it there, but we never look at it. Like, I just, I, I hate everything Facebook is about. I hate Zuckerberg. Read the Bitcoin billionaires book about the Winklevoss twins and you'll hate Zuckerberg even more as well. Even like more. He's, he's just a rotten little shithead, is yeah. really what it comes down to. But anyway. But you know uh, who is we've talked about him recently in the past. He's a champion. He he was the greatest of all time. He's becoming still the greatest. He's becoming even more great with everything he does. Mike motherfucking Tyson. Now, this came out a few months ago. Apparently we missed it in the hullabaloo that is August, that is the summer. You gotta find a way to get your hands on some of this. Mike Tyson, his we talked about how they smoke what forty thousand dollars of weed every month at their the tyson ranch in california not only that they have a new cbd drink out and it's called dwink dwink i get my dwink on w-i-i-n-k just think about how mike tyson would pronounce drink mind you guys get your dwink on come on let's get our dwink on tonight it's called goddamn dwink i saw this post (laughs) again it came out in august the press release we missed it i saw a post yesterday about it and i kept looking at it and laughing my ass off like it's just you see mike holding the bottle he's like and the tagline is not your average dwink It's funny. You sent me the link to the feed, right? So I start (laughs) scrolling down the Twitter feed and I'm like, all right, that's funny as shit. And then I start looking up stuff and I'm like, let me see what else is in the feed. And people are posting stuff and posting other memes and shit. And there's one. He's holding 
and if anybody's seen, like, I think they did a real sports on Mike Tyson, how he likes um, carrier pigeons. He's like, he's raises pigeons. That's a big thing in inner cities and in cities, like pigeons are raising pigeons and having them, they race him and all that stuff. And he does all that. Well, he did all that stuff till he got into like a bunch of other things. Now he's like expanded, but uh, he's a big pigeon guy. So it's a picture of him with two pigeons. And he's like, I white birdies. I make them kith. <laughs> that's like an old picture of him too. That's like when he was still like Mike yeah. Tyson. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. But I that's love- how he sounds. He's got the lisp. It's, it's, it's precious. But you know what? He's got, he's got a sense of humor about it too. He doesn't take himself that seriously, which is great. Like there's another picture they show another meme in that thread about the thumbs out guns out. <laughs> thumbs it's, out, like a, thumbs out. it's like a picture of him from Mike Tyson's punch out. And he's wearing a tank top. <laughs> awesome. He was a bad man. Mike Tyson is the fucking best. He's just, he, he's totally reinvented himself. He's just a chill guy. I mean, he's gone through some shit, you know? Yeah. He got thrown, you know, he was the youngest heavyweight champ ever. He got Dude, thrown 19. I got anybody on the planet. He was like, you watch videos of him from back then, how fast he was and how strong he was. It was terrible, terrifying. Terrifying. But he did it in the ring, and he was like a street fighter, too. He was like, he could stand in the middle of the street like, any motherfucker on the planet want to fight me, I'll fight you right now. But then right he, uh, yeah, he went kind of crazy, went through some crap. There was that whole thing where he went to prison on, and he still says he didn't do it. And you know, yeah. who knows at this point. Um, and then his, like, his daughter died a bunch of years ago, like I think in 2009. Mm. Um, so he's he has gone through some serious, serious shit. And yeah. you know what? He's come out, and he's just... Uh, He's at peace with himself. He's, you know, trying, he's moving on to this next phase now and, and really involved in cannabis. And now the I actually beverage. think cannabis has probably like, so he already had his progression into becoming the person he wants to become, right? Like when he, I think he found his new wife, right? And then he, he did the stand-up thing, like the, you know, the one the man play thing. Show, yeah. Uh, and then I think he started really like, finding out who he is and getting in touch with himself. And now I think the whole cannabis thing is opening his mind to another way. Like he just seems like a, a better, different person. Yeah. He's, he's a tremendous person. And, you know, if you haven't seen, there's a documentary called Tyson, which is fantastic. And his one man, one man show, the HBO special is fantastic too. I mean, he pretty much, he strips himself down and just, he, he puts it out there. I mean, he really put, everything out there and just like this is just who i am you know i've gone through some shit he's like he's like i'm all fat now look at me you know like he's he uh he doesn't he doesn't need to live up to what he was he's like yeah that was a phase of my life i'm done with that this is me now and uh i'm he's like happier now than he's ever been too and i gotta say like i was looking at pictures and i'm like his face tattoo is probably one of the better face tattoos you can get Like if you were to get a face tattoo, I've seen some fucked up face tattoos, unfortunately on people that I pass. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you get that on your face? Yeah. Um, but I, I gotta say it's at least one of the better ones. You could do worse. That's for sure. It kind of at least like works in the flow of his face, you know, yeah. kind of like if you had to get like a four inch by four inch tattoo on your face, that's kind of the one you would want to pick. Unless you were awesome and got a Ski Bomb podcast logo. That would be kind of cool, Boom, too. boom. That. that would but, be cool, too. But one of my uh, my favorite things that he was talking about, he was on Rogan a couple months ago, Tyson was, and he's talking about his son. And he's like, 
his son's like, oh, dad, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe becoming a boxer. He's like, stop it. He's like, you go to private school. He's like, you're not going to be a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> he's like laughing at him, right? Like, he's like, yeah. doing he's that. like, he's like, this would be animals like me out there coming for you. He's like, he's like, you want a private school. He's like, you're not going to be a boxer. He's like, you know, no hardship kid. That's what, that's why I, that's why I provide for you. That's why I give you a good yeah. life. You know, just the way he said, he's like, stop it. He's like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's honesty. And you know, how many parents would be like, you want to be a boxer? You go out there and be the best boxer you can be. Oh, it's I like, believe in you. And then when they get the shit beat, I'm like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> you get in the ring with some fucking savage who that's all they think about. 24 mm. hours a day, seven days a week is fighting, boxing, their way out, preparing. man. You saw the you. That's their way out. Yeah, but, but boxing is a whole different thing, man. Again, yeah. again, I was listening to a, a Rogan podcast today, and he's talking about how he's t- how many fighters he's told. He's like, if you're not 100% in this game, that's not all you think about. He's like, get out now. I want to get some dwink. I want to try it. We want to go to the ranch. Dude, that would be a great field trip. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things we have to do. We have like a very long list of things. The list keeps longer and we're not crossing a whole lot of stuff off. And this is a problem. Like, how many years have we talked about Burning Man? Yeah, since this podcast started, I remember we did an episode in 2015. The first year we were doing the podcast, we were talking about Burning Man. Every year, it's goddamn next year. So the more I want to go to Burning Man, the more I hear more shit about people like go to burning man and i'm like unless you want to go to burning man so yeah i don't know if i'm a burning man guy you know it's kind of i don't know if i breached a window i think i just stayed away from it maybe because i'm not a burning man person i don't know there's stuff i cross off my bucket list all the time i'm like fuck that i don't want to do that anymore remember we got to start skiing man yeah or frozen man it's a few few places uh that that we got to start crossing the places off yeah what are the places you have on your list that you have you have an opportunity to do this year or soon and that you can cross off? You should be looking at that, right? Oh, yeah. You never know. You'd be one day older when you do or you'd be dead. You'll never be able to do it. It's that goddamn super volcano at Yellowstone, too. Just That's waiting. Right. Rumbling. Right. Waiting to end all this shit. Let's go to Ski News. First up, movies. We still got plenty of movies that are, are coming out and... Our buddy Frank just sent us this one, and we were just watching it before. In the meantime, Ski Boss, Tanner Hall's new movie is out. And his movies are always, always interesting. And it's cool because they show some of the crazy, like, the way they do their stunts. They're always, like, building some sort of cool new ramp setup. And in this one, so this it's a short film. It's only about, it's a little bit under nine minutes long. And around the five minute mark, they start showing some of the outtakes, some of the um, the accidents they were having. Oh yeah, God, brutal! Damn, he hits like he bangs into because you know they're they're setting up this uh, this loop de loop to do like a double flip, but you know so it kind of goes th- like along a tree. The so you, the tree becomes the ramp, and he just bashes into a freaking tree. There's one of him doing like a. I don't know if it was like the wall of like a little building. Like he's just banging into stuff. It's, oh, yeah. He's like holding his arm. It's like broken. They're like, ah, oh, crazy he's shit. He's in a cast at one point. Yeah. 
but it's cool. Like they show like the whole, it, it's like a Zen like kind of film progression. They show it like, it's all pretty cool. They got these great shots and everything. And then they go into that and it's like, Oh, you see what really went into making that great, peaceful Zen like thing where you kind of want to, I think people should see it like for their benefit. You want to know what they went through, you know? Yeah. Cause a lot of times they don't, they don't show that. They only show the fun, awesome part of it. You know, the the successful execution. They don't show all the the outtakes and what was required to get to that point. Yeah. And then people think it's so easy. Oh, they just, you know, that's just that's just being a professional. It's like, no, that's being at that level and that's just what you're seeing. It's also being durable enough to give you that shot because people I'm sure would be like, "Fuck that, I'm not doing this," you know, and walk yeah. away. Well, he had I think it was last year in his video, they were showing him doing his training after his injuries. Uh, and that was really cool. You know, he really, you know, kind of like we talked about Tyson before, you know, being honest with yourself and stripping things down, you know, Tanner Hall is kind of that same, that same thing. Like he really, it's at that point in his career where, you know, you really, what else could, does he have to do? He can't prove anything to anybody anymore. You know, he's been such a badass for, for so long now that he's yeah. able to be, yeah, really honest about what he's done and what he's gone through and, you know, what it takes to, to keep doing what he's doing. It's so awesome. They're just launching. There's one part they're launching off this jump, like hitting like a brick wall. And like, you see sparks flying off when they come off. That is pretty cool. It's really sweet. Yeah. So, and there's definitely some weed being smoked allegedly perhaps in this film as well. For medicinal purposes, probably Tanner. I mean, Hey, he was the first professional athlete to have a cannabis sponsorship. So why wouldn't why he? Why not? Exactly. So it's called In the Meantime, Tanner Hall, Armada Skis. We'll have a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. And then next up, we have the first send of the season down Main Chute at Alta Ski Area in Utah. So but this is pretty it wild. Was done on a snowboard. Yes, it Alta. was. In goddamn Alta. sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. Bunch of goddamn hooligans out there. <laughs> but it's pretty awesome to watch it. It's definitely badass. And, and it's this GoPro, is... so it's, you know, from point of view. So it's really cool. And they did it. I guess they snuck in and they got their first runs in, at Alta. And they slashed around and said it was pretty awesome. The it's... upper portion was filled with uh, blower powder and very playful, especially for October. Damn October! They just got hit. They got hit yesterday with some big snow too out there, out mm. at uh, Snowbird and Alta. And I, I wonder what what would they actually do if you walked up there with a snowboard? Like, you know, what would they do? I guess do they kick you out? Do they run after you? Yeah, bouncers like like chase you down like. They have like that, uh, like abominable snowman from like that ski free game back in the day on Windows 3.1. I mean, they could not let you on the the chairlift, but if you walk up, can they stop you? What if you're on like a split board and it looks like skis? Well, that's what a lot of people do. They they go in on split board and then they could theoretically put it together and go down. Yeah. Or you could just be bowling and get dropped off on a helicopter and be like, I'm going down where the fuck I want. How about a monoski? How's yeah. that? It's so funny how they, I mean, it's, I guess because I'm a skier, I think it's funny. And I'm kind of glad they keep the snowboarders out. 
but I mean, you know, let's be honest, you have snowbird right next door. Like what's the big deal? Just go board yeah. there. But you know, again, it's that forbidden fruit that you want to get your hands on. So what's the difference between a monoski and a snowboard then? I mean, really it's just foot placement, right? It's yeah, exactly foot placement. So would they let a monoskier on Alta or is that not allowed too? That's a great question. So how do you know you walk in with your monoski and then you switch the positioning on the monoski and all of a sudden you got a, you know, a ski that you, you use just like a snowboard. Theoretically. Yeah, true. That's, that is a possibility. <laughs> I got to look that up. Well, this was a cool story I saw this morning. And again, this is something that it came out, I think, earlier in the year. This is from the folks over at Local Freshies. Dude, I was so excited to read this. Yes, I know. I was... I love pancakes. Little uh, too much information here. I was on the <laughs> toilet going through the Twitter feed this morning. Whoa, and I saw whoa, this. whoa. Hold hey, on. hey, there you go. I'm putting it out there. Oh, man. TMI. I know. On the toilet going through Twitter feed was like looking at this post and I was like, God damn it. I want some of these pancakes like now and on the turlet. Yeah. So this is the best pancakes in a ski town, which you know what? This is the kind of research mission I would love to be on. You know, it's like, I'm on, I'm on a one year, I'm on a December through April mission to just bounce across the country, making sure I hit all the best pancake places. Dude, I would I would include waffles in that because I it's same batter, different preparation. I love waffles and I love pancakes. I think I, I love did. waffles more. I like the crispness of the waffles that you get, and the yeah. way that the syrup lives in the little crevasses of the waffles. And you know why I'd want to include waffles, especially going to ski towns, because I could do Corbett's Corbett's uh, waffles, Corbett's cabin, the waffle cabin. Yeah. Goddamn good waffles. Yeah. All right, so here we go. We got Polly's Pancake Parlor. That's a lot of peas. Sugar Hill, New Hampshire. They've been around since the Depression. Nice. 1930s. We got to ask Matt if he goes there. Yeah, seriously. Damn, that sounds like an institution. I know. Next up, the Nova Cafe in Bozeman, Montana. So if you're on the way to hmm. Big Sky, this is where you grab some, some flapjacks. The Bunnery in Jackson Hole. Mm. I feel like we may have stopped there for something. Or we at least we passed it. I remember it was on, I, we had looked it up, we had it on the list. We, I don't, I don't know if we went there, though. Maybe we didn't go there. Maybe we tried to go there, but the hours were weird. And it, it's one of those, like, closes at two kind of places. That could be Yeah, it. we were drinking a lot, too. Yeah. Penny Ann's Cafe in Salt Lake City. Uh, house made sour cream, Johnny cakes with simple butter and real maple syrup, real, real maple syrup. Any of you bastards that are just using that, that log cabin, that Aunt Jemima nonsense, just stop it. Like, especially if you're in like a Vermont place, which is known for maple syrup. Why how cheap are you? I don't care if you give me a, I don't believe in that log cabin or Aunt Jemima. It's got to be Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> I love that shit. I love the buttery goodness. Ugh. I want the real so, deal. I want yeah, goddamn the real freshly churned good, butter. But the real deal gets real. disappointing sometimes. When the hell is maple syrup ever disappointing? 
sometimes it's never disappointing. Bad watery maple syrup. You're like, what the hell is this? What I get Mrs. Hell Butterworth. What kind of Florida maple syrup are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, it's shit every time. Exactly. Same stuff every time. Just saying. It's shit every time. Just Guaranteed. Saying. See, you're not a real connoisseur then. What are you even talking about, Mr. White Claw? You're drinking <laughs> White Claws and Natty Lights. You're telling me about maple syrup? Just because syrup? you think you're highfalutin doesn't mean that everything you do is highfalutin. But when it comes to syrup, I, that's where I have standards, my friend. I want, I want to have a good syrup tasting. I've had good syrup but it's few and far between. I am trying to figure out a way to have maple syrup and real homemade guacamole with me at all times. Because those are the two things that I just can't deal with shit versions of. I hate shit guacamole and I hate shit syrup. Yeah, I don't like guacamole for the fact that there's too much bad guacamole out there. I just would rather eat a regular avocado I put a little ginger dressing on it, or I put a little lim- uh, lime on it, and I'm good. Just pour some white claw over it. Yeah, this is this is my guacamole. That's it. Just lime, lime and salt is like the best thing you put on a on avocado. Avocado is a magical thing. So goddamn disappointing. Yeah. Back to the pancakes. <laughs> this is one that we both have gone to. Sugar and spice in Menden, Vermont. Mm. Down the road from Killington. Delicious. Very mm, yes. weird old building, but very good breakfast there. Oh, it's a cute, cool building, though. It's funky. You feel like you could fall through one of the floorboards and <laughs> you're on the top floor. Yes. We got Poppy Cox Cafe in Aspen, Colorado. Over four decades in business. Mm. Oh, my God. These all look so good. They got French toast breaded with pecans and topped with bananas and Grand Marnier butter. That sounds awesome. Oh, that sounds so good. How about the Pancake House in McCall, Idaho? So what I don't like is they said sourdough pancakes. I don't like sourdough. You don't like sourdough? Not a big fan. No. For Wonder Bread pancakes? Yeah, that's right. Got to be Wonder Bread. Or, or that's do, they have, do they have a starter they use for the Wonder Bread? <laughs> Dude, sourdough. I just don't like the taste of sourdough. Yeah. Something about it. It's like that. I don't know. I'd give it a shot. Hey, if you like sourdough, these are probably delicious. Yeah. That's cool. So, Local Freshies, nice work. This is a cool article. We'll have a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. I'm starving right now after reading that article. I really want to eat something gross and terrible. I'm trying to be good. Leftover pancakes, because there were some pancakes made not too long ago in the fridge. Nice. Dip it in Mrs. Butterworth's. Oh, yeah, that's right. Get it on there. How about just doing like uh, just drinking Mrs. Butterworth with using like pancakes as pulp? It's a little bit of a little bit of pancake pulp sprinkled in there. No, you got to mix Mrs. Butterworth with melted butter, and then you just pour it right in. It's like a oh, butter God. mainline, man. It's like a butter mainline. You're like, I'll have the uh, extra diabetes, please. That's right. A little extra carry gold in there. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. And I are speaking my language. I just slather the carry gold on it, and I put a little dash of that Mrs. Butterworth. Now, when I did have the What's the the grading like the super amber whatever it is like that the really dark dark, dark, dark amber one. Yeah. super I, I like it I like black delicious like I don't want it I, it can't be dark enough like it's got to be like thick and I hate it when it's runny and shitty it just bothers me but some of those like bourbon uh, bourbon barrel maple syrups mm. right that's a yeah. thing now all right so I did find out that you can ride a monoski in Alta. You can. 
Yes. Uh, posted two years ago. And then this is on Reddit. And then the entire thing is awesome because people are like, what the fuck? Did you travel back to the 1940s Italian <laughs> Alps? <laughs> like it just goes off. And like people are just bitter about the whole thing. Wow. So so that's uh so that's a little tidbit on that. We'll follow up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have Alice in Wonderland. So FIS, uh, ski.com is, uh, you know, put out a story and they're saying New Zealand sensation Alice Robinson stole the show at the FIS World Cup 2019-2020 opening race in Solden as she edged defending overall World Cup winner Michaela Schifrin by 0.06 seconds to claim her Jesus. first ever World Cup win. So... Wow. 0.06 seconds. I mean, Michaela Schifrin is a, you cannot stop that girl. Well, she's talking about retirement. I, which, I, it's crazy, right? That's awesome. I wish I could have retired at 24. Matt wraps up the ski news. And speaking of super skiers, we had a really fun interview for this week's main topic. We chatted with our new friend, Ryan, from Till I Die, which is a apres clothing lifestyle company based out of Killington, Vermont. I met Ryan a few weeks ago at a Ski Vermont event, hung out with him again at the Icon Pass event. We had really hit it off, had great conversations. We kept that conversation going. We learned about his company. It was a great chat. It was pretty long but we think you will all really enjoy it. So here's our interview with Ryan from Till I Die. Give it up. Welcome, Mr. Sugar Dunkerton, a.k.a. Ryan Orbone from Till I Die. Ryan, welcome. So Ryan, welcome to the show. We really appreciate you joining us. You know what? I'm happy to be here. And I'm stoked because, listen, we've been following each other for quite a while on the Instagrams. And, uh, you know, I've been following your podcast and, you know, you guys are doing good things. And it was just a happy coincidence that, uh, you know, we got together and got to uh, actually meet in person at the uh, media day for Ski Vermont in New York City. And then subsequently, the uh, Icon Pass event uh, the week after. Yes, it was very cool. And yeah, we appreciate the uh, the kind words. And yeah, we've been following you for a while. And, you know, we have our uh, our cameras off now, but I'll show you, I'm rocking my I am awesome and I am the party till I die shirt from the Killington Cup last year from the yeah, Boston Yeah, Show. that was the, the nice. custom shirt. That was the custom shirt we did for Killington last year. And that was, um, that was, that was a very cool opportunity for us to, you know, kind of showcase some of the, uh, you know, we're, we're an opera centric brand, you know, and, Killington kind of stepped in and they're like, would you be interested in doing these shirts? And, you know, my, uh, my whole thing was absolutely. Could I do the design? And the fact that Killington was, uh, you know, allowed me to come up with the concept and step out a little bit from probably, you know, their comfort zone and, and get a little edgy with it. I thought was very cool. Cause that's, that's what the whole brand is. You know, we, we do push boundaries and, um, you know, some of our, designs and 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 uh you know our concepts are are not standard operating procedure i guess i think i think it's great that they went to you to to do that because it seems like they've been very very buttoned up like 
until now, like, and I think now they're, they're realizing they have to be something different than other places are. So it's good that they're embracing the après ski because I don't feel like they've truly embraced the après ski. It's been off site, you know, for, for the main part of all the time I've been there. And, uh, it's good to see that they're, you know, reaching out to somebody like you, like saying, Hey, let's, let's get some edginess. Let's get some, something different in there. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'll give Killington a lot of credit because you know, Killington's owned by Powder Corp and, um, you know, Powder lets them do, you know, a lot of, of what Killington, you know, is going to dictate. And they, in recent years, uh, have done a really nice job of kind of going with the movement of, of bringing the fun back to skiing. Cause I mean, listen, I'm only, I'm only 34 years old and damn, that's old. Uh, sometimes i lie and i'm like people ask me all the time like how old are you because i've got a baby face and i'm like i'm 32 30 maybe i'm 28 i I don't know (laughs) because well here's the thing no one wants to hear about a 34 35 year old entrepreneur they're like oh it's kind of sad like shouldn't you shouldn't you have done something with your life already (laughs) dude you've passed your peak right now right (laughs) yeah dude way past my peak Way, way past that. I always say 25. Just that's the given. Just 25. That's it. <laughs> I'm 20, 25. Never more. That's it. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid, before I could really enjoy it, that was skiing's heyday. That was Johnny Mosley, Nagano 98. It's when, you know, in, in, in the early to mid 90s was when skiing was awesome. Yeah. And then you know, it, it kind of died out a little bit. And I, I listen, I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware of it. It was it cold war. We were going to get nuked by the Russians and we were like hiding, like we couldn't ski out free. Yeah. Duck and cover, you know, that, I mean, usually actually that's, that's one of my, my famous lines that I say to old people, um, when they, when they start giving me a hard time about whatever. And I just look at them and I'm like, yeah, what was the cold war? Like, <laughs> and then sometimes they get it immediately and other times it takes them a minute like you old oh, yeah. bastard yeah. <laughs> uh, threw a bunch of chips war medals off the bridge <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> um but no it's like i i think in the last few years um skiing in general has has enjoyed uh a really fun revolution and bringing the energy and the excitement and the fun back to the entire industry. And, and, you know, I know Killington gets a, a bad rap sometimes about you know, how big it is and, and, you know, what other people on the outside might consider corporate, but you know, I'll tell you what they're not. And, and I think that uh, they are embracing the, the movement that skiing is, is going through right now and allowing me to be a part of it uh, is huge. Dude, that's very cool to like, it, you know, embrace you like a, a young entrepreneur getting in there. Think about it, like some of these gears, they've been around forever and they don't have to do anything new, but what are the ones that you like to talk about and like to go frequent? They're the ones that are like constantly evolving and, and changing. So it's, it's really good to see like they have that mentality, you know, or at least they're embracing it. It's very important. Well, that's one of the things we noticed too with this podcast is that, you know, we just started doing it. We didn't ask anyone's permission. We don't know anybody. We just did it because, you know, we didn't like anything that was out there. You know, everything is, you know, you go to like, now I love classic rock, but every ski slope you go to, it's all like, 
classic rock. And it's like, you know, it's catering to the boomers. And, you know, I get it. That's that's your target demographic. That's who's, you know, spending the big bucks. But that's not going to last forever. And, you know, and who's making the changes? Who's kind of like getting ready to be that next generation, that next push? So that's why we kind of started doing this, because, again, we didn't like what was out there, which it kind of seems yeah. like with your company, that's what you were doing too, kind of, you know, bringing something to the table that you didn't think exists. Yep. No, 100%. And, and you know, we are the next push. We are the next generation. And, you know, even when, uh, you know, Brian, like, for example, you know, we're at, at the media events, uh, you know, for Ski Vermont and Icon and, and this, that, and the other thing, we're very involved in the industry. Um, you know, we are the next generation of what's going to carry the industry, you know, um, you know, for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. And yeah. it's exciting and it's fun and it's cool. And, you know, we're finally in a position now where, you know, we can make the decisions and, um, you know, we are in the position to, to you know, voice our opinions and, and actually dictate change and in a positive way. And, and it's, it's working. It really, really, truly is. So, um, you know, you know, but we're right. The, the other wave. side of it, it too is a little bit of a, of a scary outlook, right? So if we don't, if, if the younger generation doesn't step up, what is going to be left, right? You look at these ski clubs, like a lot of the ski clubs are aging out, ready to retire, like, or die off. You have this like big switch of like, not a lot of people that are in the thirties and forties, like even, you know, or twenties. And most of the people are in like fifties or sixties. And you're talking about like ski clubs that are just going to just poof out of existence yeah. when that older generation goes, unless they step up. Right. Well, and I, I actually think about that a lot. So it's like driving around and, and I'm on the road all the time. I, I live in Killington full time, but you know, I'm on the road quite a bit and you know, either I'm heading down, um, you know, through New York towards 87 and, and shooting down to Manhattan from there, or, you know, I'm going through Ludlow to 91 to head down to Rhode Island or Connecticut in that direction. And you pass a lot of ski clubs. I think about it all yeah. the time. And you need to bring in a younger generation, which, you know, the industry by and large is trying to, not trying to, but are pricing out. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, I think unofficial networks announced it this week, you know, the, the 10 highest ticketed lift prices in the United States and Vail in, in Colorado, $210 a day for a lift pass. Wow. They what raised another four year old can afford a 200 fucking $10 exactly. ticket. No one. Yeah. yeah. That's no one. Well, that's the thing too. Like that's, I mean, that's why the whole, you know, the passes are so attractive too. And, you know, I guess do they, ha does Epic have like a, like a twenties pass? Cause I know a lot of the resorts now, it's almost like it used to be like college, like 18 to yeah. 22, you're getting a discounted rate. Yep. Now they're yep. doing, it's like 18 to 29 because they really want to make sure that that, yeah, again, that next generation is, yeah. is going to, going to fall in love with the sport. Otherwise, again, they're in deep trouble. Well, and go the way of golf, kind of you know, that's a fear. It's like strategically, you know, you need to be a part of a pass. And, mm. and you've got Epic Pass, Icon Pass, What's the other one. There's another third big one out there. The Mountain Collective? Is it is that the Mountain Collective? Yeah. So you need to be associated with one of the three. And that's an affordable option. But you're also putting in, um, you know, buy the passes to thousand plus dollars, right? And if you have a family, like if you have a family oh, of four God. or five, yeah. forget about it. Not that I know of. Not that I know Getting of. <laughs> Not that you're buying lift tickets for. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know you. I need I need a paternity test. <laughs> hey, Dad, I, I want this key. Twenty three and me does not count. You know, funny story. My brother got one of those uh, last last Christmas, right? My brother got one of those uh, um, like twenty three and me tests, and he gets the results delivered on Christmas. And I look at him. I'm like, Hey, Kyle, what if these tests don't come back with what we think we are? And you're so outside of the spectrum that you were like a milkman kid. All right, you're gonna ruin Christmas for all of us, dude. Only a true brother like, oh, that you can look at and be like, You're a fucking that. milkman kid. Sure. <laughs> It'll be a uh, happy Hanukkah, guys, or happy Kwanzaa. Right. Yeah, happy Kwanzaa, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, Chris McQua, Quantica, whatever one of those. Whatever. That's right. But I'm like, that's Quantica, yeah, Hanukkah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're getting way off topic. So, what did it come back? What did it come back as? Like, I'm in suspense now. Was it good or like, was oh, it no. what you yeah, thought? Yeah, no, it was fine. It was, it was, it was well within reason. <laughs> it was well. Because usually reason. people are like, there's a little bit that they're like, holy shit, I had no idea. You know, like just different, you know? He was able to stay at dinner. You didn't kick him out? <laughs> no, no, we didn't boot him out of the family. But think about that. How many families we just voted you out the ruined? family. We're like, oh, I want to know what our ancestry is. And then you get your ancestry back and you realize like you're either adopted or like, you know, someone had an affair and you're like, you know, you, you're really not related with your brothers and sisters. Like, think about that. Sometimes that could be a real positive, though. Yeah. yeah like, well, you have really like lousy family. You're like, why am I so awesome? And you guys all suck. Now we know. Drinking. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> See, we're, we're Vikings. I can do the blood eagle now. I don't know. God All damn. right. So getting a little bit back on topic. So <laughs> what, what actually inspired you to start this company? I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. So there's like kind of two different stages of, of, of what originally was ski till I die. Um, so, you know, I worked in New York city nice. for a long time. Um, I worked in, in fashion, um, I was a corporate guy for a decade and I remember I was, I was working at Macy's and this is back in 2010. I'm working at Macy's nice. and I'm sitting in my cubicle and I'm just, you're in Cuba city, right? And I hate it. Fucking Cuba and, city. Yeah. Um, yep. I've went, there, there were mice running around. Like <laughs> the lunchroom was garbage. If you can make it, was, it there, you can make it anywhere. My job. And then the light above my desk goes out. Ah, Nice. Did it do the flickering for a little while and fuck you up or just, just yeah, go out? Yeah, yeah, it gave me a seizure. I had a seizure. <laughs> well, no, dude, I kid you not. Like, and, and not necessarily at Macy's, but at, at several different stages. Like, I was under so much pressure. Um, you know, I was having panic attacks and I didn't know what those were. I thought I was having heart attacks Damn. at work. No, they were panic attacks. Yeah, now I know what those are. But um, man, this, <laughs> back in 2010, this has been like graphic tees were all the rage, right? Yeah. And so me all at the time, G chatting, because Macy's dad hadn't blocked that for, for me yet. And we're G chatting and we're talking about doing our own thing and branching out and, and going our own direction. And we decided let's start a graphic t shirt company. And we both agree this is a good concept. What are we going to call it? And, you know, my mentality was I'm going to ski till I die. And nice. I mentioned that in the company's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm like, yeah, that's a really good name. So we Google it. It didn't exist. The domain was available. The trademark was available. So we're like, sweet. Four months later, 
I leave Macy's under the umbrella of I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I did you do the whole fuck you guys? I quit or did you do the proper thing? Uh, no, I did it the right way. Um, kind of, that's good. That's classic. I kind of walked into HR though. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to quit, but, uh, I want you to fire me. So I collect <laughs> unemployment. <laughs> Why don't you do the buyout kind of thing? Yeah. 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 yeah basically. Like, I'd a love leverage, a severance package. Leverage buyout. Exactly. So, but I walked out of the, here's the kicker, dude. I was, I was a 25 year old kid. And I didn't know anything about anything. And, and you, you kind of think about like when you're in your thirties, you wish you knew now what you knew at 25, when you're 25, you wish you knew then what you wished you knew when you were 20 and then so on and so forth. I thought I knew everything. Yeah. The reality was I didn't know a thing. And Macy's tried to start this, this initial company. And, uh, I went in underfunded, uh, without the knowledge to, to be successful. And I didn't treat it as a real business. Um, I just thought it was cool to so, say like, oh yeah. So let me ask you, did you get, fu- so did you get funding or was that all your own no, cash that you no. put up? No, I, I only had, at that point, I only had like $10,000 and I thought all that right. was enough to make it. It wasn't even close. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I got 10 grand, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> At 25, 10 grand seems like a lot, but no, so then like, so then obviously that failed the first time. And, and, you know, then I went back into the job market and, you know, my, um, my intention and, uh, you know, prerogative at that point was, okay, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'm going to hold different positions within fashion and I'm going to learn as much about the industry as, as I can to actually make this successful. So I held one job where I was the director of operations for a uh, international golf brand. And, um, you know, I learned about logistics and I learned about uh, overseas uh, production and I learned about, um, you know, back end uh, P&Ls. And so I learned Damn. that part of the business. Then I went to another high end fashion brand out of London and I learned about what it is to really run a retail business. I did that for a couple of years and then oh, I ran, uh, ran the wholesale division for, you know, a huge denim company. And then I learned the whole side of the wholesale business. And at that point I, uh, like I was, I was kind of on the verge of like, okay, I know enough. I've, I've, you know, achieved enough in, in, in my position where like I'm saving money. Um, you know, I can, I can, I can, you know, leave and, and actually do this. Um, so let me well, ask you while you're doing all that, were you lining up like, uh, suppliers and like supply chain people? Cause that's kind of like oh, what, I don't know. Absolutely. I, right. I, you know, I, who's good and who's bad and yeah. you know, yeah. And so I made the connections. I stayed very close to them. I, I, I developed and maintained very positive relationships. Relationships uh, are important, right? If people don't want right. to work with you or don't believe in what you're doing, then you're fucked. Yeah. You're just you get sidelines very easily. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard to, to build that trust with somebody where they're actually going to want to do business with you, but it's, 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 and it's so much easier uh, to, to lose that trust. So that took a while, but 
you know, when you're good at what you do and, and, you know, you've got a good head on your shoulders and a vision and you're driven, people are going to believe it and want to be a part of it. And, and that's what I was doing the whole time. And, um, so, you know, to finish this elongated story, which I guess I didn't need to go into. All no, that's awesome. Stuff. No, you definitely did need to go into because uh, we want to know the background. That's great. So I, um, so, so the, the company I was working for, uh, in my last role as the, the wholesale, um, uh, director of wholesale, uh, they went into chapter 11 bankruptcy. And so I lost my job and that was three and a half years ago. I lost my job on a Sunday and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And so a friend of mine had a, and, and I was shocked because I knew the business was bad but I didn't realize how bad. And I got the call on a Sunday, like, uh, come in on Monday and pick up all your shit. And I was like, fuck. Yikes. And so. That sucks I balls, man. And I, first, first phone call I made is my recruiter. Second phone call I made was to my friend who I knew had a house in the Hamptons. And I was like, Hey, listen, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So I, well, I just needed to get out the get fuck out of Dodge. And yeah. so, you know, I called her up and I'm like, listen, you know, can I, um, can I go hang out at the house for a couple of days? I just need to clear my head. Like, you know, I just lost my job. And she goes, of course you can. Here's the key code. Fucking go hang out. So I go sit on the beach in the Hamptons for a couple of days. And I start thinking about like, what, what's important? What am I going to do? And it just kind of came to me. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going all in on this. So I had saved a bunch of money. Um, I was, uh, in a position to buy a house up in Killington. And then I got a, a huge severance package from getting laid off. Sweet. And yeah. And so I took all that money and emptied my 401k and I put it all in to till I die. And I'm like, I'm see that's bull as fuck. You're like this. 401k gone. I'm in. It's, it's all in. Yeah. You're burning the ships at that point. Burning the ships. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, in all, in all seriousness, like till I die now is, is my retirement plan. Um, and so I went all in on it and, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, this is three years later, I'm coming into my fourth winter. Um, you know, for the most part, um, you know, self-funded, uh, with a little help obviously, but, um, you know, we're doing good things. And I, I I like to think that, you know, we've got a good reputation and, and, uh, a good rapport with the industry and, and we're just, uh, you know, moving forward and, and doing it very, you know, staggered and strategic and, uh, you know, not getting too big, too fast, but, uh, you know, I don't want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for. I don't want to go overboard, you know, the vision that got to do go slowly, but surely I don't want to be a one hit wonder. You know what I mean? And that's one of the reasons why I've been yeah. so successful in, in building the business is because I do it very, I'm very structured in uh, mentally. That's, yeah, you, that's you want staying power. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can have, can be a one hit wonder. It's you having that, uh, that legacy, that, that being around for decades and people, you know, collecting your retro vintage shirts. Like that's, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've had that vision, that, that kind of idea that, you know, down the road, people on eBay, you know, with the, uh, I am awesome. And I'm the party shirt <laughs> for like a thousand bucks. Right. <laughs> 20 years. Two, there's only 200 in circulation. So get it while it's hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. But you want that to be around for a long time. You want people to not just have the shirt. You want them to have what the shirt means, right? Like the, the emotion that was went into the shirt, like the, the mantra for the shirt. It's like, you know, 
want people to party and, and have fun and ski and enjoy it. And that's kind of, that's kind of that, right? Well, of course. I mean, so we've, we've gone through several different, like, you know, taglines, but like, how do we describe this brand? And, and, you know, dude, I'm scrolling through your Instagram right now. And it's like, it goes through the whole gambit and it's all awesome. You know? Oh, thank you. <laughs> but like when it was ski till I die, when we first started, um, and I guess I didn't even get to the, to the part about, you know, dropping the ski off. We could talk about that later and just becoming till I die, which is all encompassing. But, um, you know, when we first started, you know, our tagline was retro look, vintage feel, die hard attitude, you know, nice. and that, that, that really defined what the brand was at that point. And, you know, we can evolve as a brand, you know, just as, as we, you know, grow as, as, as people and, and humans or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, and, and now what we've built it to is, you know, our tagline is, um, you know, operate uh, operate inspired performance based. And so that kind of defines what the brand is and the mantra being do what you love, do it forever. And so have fun, basically have fun. Makes a lot of sense when you say it that way and seeing what you guys are doing and yeah, your Instagram, your, your, all your, um, your clothes, your hats, everything. It, it definitely has that feel to it. And you can see it's all stemming for, it's all moving in the same direction. You know, that brand vision is all in line. Well, and, and that's important too. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a cohesive statement is, is the point. And, um, you know, I, I think we, we speak to people, uh, you know, about their passion and, you know, wearing our gear and representing the brand, um, you know, kind of allows people to, define what they love to do outside of actually going skiing and buying a lift ticket or hiking up a mountain or mountain bike, whatever it is. Right. Uh, it's, it's more than just that kind of like what life is good did, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we're doing now in a more edgy way. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, plus you've lived it, you know, it's, it's, you, you know what it likes to be the person sitting in the fucking cube in death row waiting for the fucking light to go out above them. Like w just waiting for that slip to say, Hey, you're fucking out of this place. And, and, you know, looking for a job, like you've been, you've sat in that seat. So you know what it's like. And then you know how, how it is to translate to somebody else that's maybe in that situation that doesn't even realize they're there yet. They think everything is rosy. Everything's fun and great, but you know, someday it's going to hit you and maybe you're going to get it then, you know? Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, you know what? The more I think about it, I guess the light going off above my cubicle was definitely... That's freaking awesome omen. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a movie. That's like an Aaron Sorkin movie right there. If they ever made a movie You're about Till I Die, and that would be one of the things, like one of the details that you know Ridley Scott actually you know includes in the movie. <laughs> They're like, that didn't happen. That's so cliche. It's like, no, it actually did happen. <laughs> That hey, Ridley Scott, I want Russell Crowe to play my older, like the older version of me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's got to be directed by M. Light Shyamalan, like fucking ghost yeah, in yeah. the in the ceiling or something. Who would play a young? Who would play a young Ryan? Sure, uh, Justin Timberlake. You think Justin Timberlake? Um, <sighs> I think he's a lot older than you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be good. He could sing and dance. Like, like no, I'll take you that. got some I'll moves. Still young, still young. 
There you He's go. got some moves, though. I got to say, Brian Good did pot. an Elvis kick one time and fell on his ass. That was the best day in the fucking ski house. Well, now, see, I think the problem is, like, I am at the age right now where I don't know any young stars. Like, I don't know anybody. Like, I still think, like, Britney Spears is, like, young. And she's, like, 45. It's going to be one of the Jonas Brothers or one of the Hen- No, Hensley, they're all right? two. Like, they're all yeah, they're, old. They're all old. No, they're, they are. They're like, they're, like, yeah, they're aging. They're aging very quickly, God too. damn. Like, I could not name one, like, tween or, like, 20-something celebrity. Where the fuck I, you going Michaela Shifford is, like, a, a child to me. That's, Yo, like, what I think of, like. Started, she's thinking about retirement. Good for God her. damn. She's got better things to do. She's God 24. Damn. It's now, wouldn't, isn't that nice having that option at 24, though? Yeah, I guess so. I saw something I was watching. Uh, so with my t- with the 12-year-old in the house, I'm watching Ridiculousness now. And uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. Wait, is that a real show or are you just saying like it's ridiculous? Oh, no. It's a re- the, that show in MTV. It's the only show that they have that's maybe worth watching. It's like video Horrible. clips, right? It's like a Tosh.0 kind of ripoff thing, isn't it? It's Tosh.0 oh, without like, dirtiness. You know, like, like people run into walls and shit. Oh, it's great. It's like it's YouTube awesome. clips, yeah. I, la- I can't yeah. stop laughing when people run into shit. I just like, I just start laughing. That's comedy gold right there. It's gold. But anyway, so we're watching this thing and they're, they're, they have like the special guest and he's like some motocross like champion and won like six years in a row. And uh, he's like 27. And <laughs> they're like, so you retired at 27. Like, what's that like? He's like, well, he did it for 10 years, like being that great. He's like, I started 16, like winning shit. I'm like, I never thought about it in that context, but I'm like, damn. So he did it for 10 years and he's like, I'm out. It's freaking awesome. I I think about that all the time, actually. Like I would have loved to be a professional soccer player or like a pro skier or whatever, but like physically I'm just not that gifted. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I can't run that much soccer. I mean, well, God bless me. Wondered, I always wondered what it would like to be that good at something. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the things that really drives me to make sure till I die, it ends up being one of those brands that, you know, people talk about. They're like, what a success story. Because like, this is my, this is my opportunity to be that good at something, you know? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. really that's a great way to be looking at it too. And I guess that's also to that fuel you need in the morning. Like those like, like shitty mornings where like, I just want to lay in bed and do nothing, but to have like that vision that gets kind of like fire in there and that attitude, that's what gets you to those shitty times. Yeah. And I'll be honest yeah. with you. I want you to get there because I want to be invited to your 120 foot yacht with the extra boats yeah. out of the other side of it <laughs> and just hang out for a weekend. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> what you about be the Jambles Aaron? I just want to hang out for a weekend. <laughs> Killington to Animal Zarian. It's lonely. It's by yourself. And uh, I'm going to need some, That's right. some friends to come with me. <laughs> Dude, I want a heli ski fucking Killington with you. That'd be great. <laughs> no, Boom, Chopper's coming in. Which out? Put the yacht That's on a flatbed cool. and park it right in the freaking uh, K1 lot. Fuck yeah. But I mean, What's you know what? This, today? Is actually, well, this is actually a good segue, you know, because like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're starting a business, you're, you're trying your best to like do awesome things and you know there's people along the way and 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 throughout the the course of of you know the development of the brand and 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 everything else and and the growth that you're trying to do personally and professionally and you know some people get it and understand what you're going through and help you as much as they can right mm-hmm. and then there's other people that that 
don't understand what you're doing. And then they just, you know, try to. It's a compete. stupid idea, man. Why are you doing that? I just buy my yeah, shirts exactly. at Costco. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, Dude, uh, I, I can, and, I have a lot of relatives. I got to say, none of my relatives follow me on fucking any social media. That's, that's a tell right there. Right. That's so you think yeah. about it, like who is in your corner, right? You got friends, you got people you meet that are like more in your corner than your close family sometimes. Right. It's just, that's how it happens. Yep. Well, a lot, of deal with that. a lot of people are jealous. There's a lot of haters out there, you know, people who never did anything, never took chances, just kind of, they sat in that cubicle. The light went out in their cubicle. They went and fucking fixed it and stayed there for 30 years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Called the maintenance guy. <laughs> yeah. They brought their own goddamn after, light. After hours. Okay. People love but to build their own coffins. That's what yeah. it is. No. And it's like, yeah. you know, dude, Killington, York village. I'm there. Brian riding up in his in his limo with the ski tracks on it. We got a whole thing set up. Like in my mind, it's all set up. We have the vision. We're just working on. It's like that South Park with the uh, underpants gnomes. You know, it's like step one, like steal underpants, and it's like question mark, question mark, then profit. <laughs> that could be Thanksgiving with the little baby Jesus, like uh, like whatever. Do you mean Christmas? Because I don't think baby Jesus was at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Um, I think baby Jesus is everywhere all the time. He's everywhere. Make- Ricky Bobby's is baby Jesus every 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 meal. I unlocked the baby version of the bass. <laughs> That's right. Shut up, Chip. When here's you can you can pray to Jesus, old Jesus, teenage Jesus. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you, you you understand very quickly who your allies are, who your friends are, who the people are who really truly want you to succeed. And it's unfortunate because like I don't know what this inherent uh, and you don't even look for it. It just, it, you just see it and you're just like, God well, damn. Just, like I didn't think I I'd see that. Why some people wouldn't want or root for other people's success, you know? Yeah. And There's a lot again, of shit out there. Like it's a dark place they're coming from. That's really what yeah. it is. They've never done anything. No, that's the humanitarian. That's the humanitarian aspect of, you know, what I'm doing. Like it's, it's really unfortunate how many friends I've lost because of what I've been doing for the last three and a half years. Really? You know? Wow. Yeah. And, and it just, it sucks. It sucks because, you know, I I don't know how many friends we lost because we don't keep in touch with those motherfuckers now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, bye. See ya. Just look ahead. (laughs) I'm quick to move on, but I'm not quick to forget. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I, I can get over stuff really fast, but I'll never forget like who was there and who wasn't when if and when we ever get to that point you know as a brand where you know i can actually uh you know give pe- give back to the people that were there for me i can't wait because that's what excites me the most too is is rewarding the people that help me get to the point where i really want uh, and you know very quickly and i'm sure you guys get it too like you're doing your own thing you fucking branched out you gave like let's go yeah, I, I have a few people in my mind that when I have one of those days where I'm like, you know, I don't want to work on the website. I don't want to do social media. I think about them going, oh, you guys did a podcast. That's so stupid. Why are you doing that? And I'm yeah. like, I'm playing the lo- I'll show you why we're doing this, you know, because we have something to say. We have a fun opinion. We have a good time. We want to make this our life. You know, we want to be yeah. part of this. And uh, yeah, like those people, again, they, they, you said it right. Like there are people out there who don't want to see you succeed. And you know what? Again, it must come from some deep-seated, you know, no, issues they're having it's like with an themselves. Inherent trait. It's an inherent trait in some people, and you just can't understand where it comes from. And that's all right. But 
you just got to move on and, and, you know, reels are bigger than they're building you out to be. And, and, uh, you know, you just kind of get past it and, and rise above it. And that's what the whole thing is. hundred percent. Yeah. And if you could at the end be like, Hey man, you know, how are you doing? And be like positive and friendly with them when you're in a place of success, that just shows that you can be a bigger person. And, you know, it's not about like revenge. It's about like, Hey man, I'm here. And you know what? You weren't with me. That's great. But I'm not, I'm not mad at you. Like you said, yeah. I'm not mad, but I'm not going to forget either. There's so much advice that I've gotten. You should do this. You know, what would be great if you did this. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you haven't listened to a podcast in the long fucking time. <laughs> like if ever, yeah. and you're going to give me advice on what I should do with my pot. Like really dude, like, come on, man. Yeah, it's the well, you know, who haven't done anything who always want to give you the most advice. And you know, I never, I never discount other people's ideas. I, I don't, but right. you know, some, good. I might give you than others. I call it my idea wall. You know what I mean? And so if someone, if someone throws an idea at me and I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I tack it up on my idea wall. And it might not be the right idea for right now, but it might work later. But that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let me ask you about that. So like you come up with a lot of cool shirts, a lot of good techniques, a lot of like, so do you have like, is this kind of what you used to do? Well, like, you know, do you, I get a lot of great inspiration from my friends and, um, you know, oh, we, good. you know, do have a really solid core and, uh, and, and, and a great support structure behind me. And, um, Dude, listen, people are creative and sometimes my idea is not the best one. And, and I come up with a lot of the concepts that we do and, you know, my color scheme and, um, you know, our entire assortment, um, you know, it's, it's my vision, but it's my vision with other people's input. You know, nice. I, I am very open to other people telling me ideas that they have and some are, some are dumb as fuck. Um, and some are like, what? what hey, but as long as they're not afraid to come to you, right? I mean, that's the big you know, deal. Like, especially when you're talking fashion and like creativity, like you don't want to shoot anybody down to stop them from bringing it to you, right? Never, never. Yeah. And that's the same thing with like when other people, a lot of people, and listen, I, I, I'm not a success story yet. You know what I mean? Um, oh, but, you are in my mind. I'm joking. Well, thank you. But, uh, but no, it's like, you know, and then like, I, I take all these ideas and then I kind of put them together and I'm like, all right, this makes sense. And, you know, one of, one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we've been able to, you know, continue, you know, day to day is, as we have is I never get over assorted. You know, I only introduce two or three or maybe four new designs a year. I only do it in a couple new colorways. Um, but you know, I take the best ideas and then I put them into production. Some work, some don't, but you know, uh, people are stoked when they're like, that was my idea. I'm like, shirt phone, you know, then, you know, like, <laughs> this year we've got one that I didn't come up with. We've got a shirt, uh, called, uh, you know, ask me about my din setting. And <laughs> that shirt is fucking fire. That is that shirt this year, as far as my wholesale orders went, that shirt outsold yard sale and outsold outsold Shotsky. And wow. it's a brand like, yeah. And, and like almost doubled Shotsky. Wow. Shotsky has been Damn. one of my premier shirts for the last couple of years. And that so one like, is really cool. Someone yeah. else's idea, you know? Mm -hmm. So now where, um, so where do you guys do all your printing? Is it all done locally or? Cause you said you're basing. Yeah, so I, try, I try to keep, I try to keep as many dollars stateside as I can. So nice. anything we do with a cotton blend, 
um, I source out of a company out of California. Um, and you know, it's a really comfy washes. Well, they fit right. Um, and then anything I do that's a performance layer, which is one of our core competencies, um, are the design aspect elements to the, the performance layers. Uh, I source out of a company from India and I have that relationship. Like we talked about earlier from my, uh, days working for that that golf organization uh in overseas production um but i have everything shipped i have everything shipped to my production warehouse out of rhode island and so they do all my printing uh all my tagging it all comes in pre-tagged so it's all private label as i get it um and but they do all my printing and sewing and so i've got a great relationship with those guys um they do a fantastic job um, in the 10 years or nine years I've been doing this, you know, they're the fourth, uh, print shop that I've worked with. And when you find one, you like, you fucking stick with them. Um, because they're, they're, they're hard to find. That's good. Well, oh, plus yeah. it's, so, it's about, about like, uh, so over, it's a good relationship too, right? It's, it's all about relationships. And the best part about owning your own business is you get to dictate who you work with and who you don't. If I don't like you, I'm not going to work with you. You right. know, right. Um, but I try to keep as many dollars stateside as I can, obviously. And in order to be considered made in America, over 51% of the production um, needs to happen stateside. And so over 51% of the production that I do happens stateside. And so technically we're oh, nice. made in America, but on our, on our tags, it says either started in Honduras or started in India and it's always finished in America. So that's what our tags oh, say. Cool. And, and like, oh, that's minus. fair. That's like at least more honest than everybody else. Right. Oh, dude, listen, I'm very transparent with my business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't, a lot of people are very like shady. No, they're very they're like, about it. I don't, they say made in America and it's assembled in America or some bullshit. Yeah. It's what's like yeah. Apple. Yeah. Designed in California. Made in China. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess is I mean, honest. Dude, I, I love the Adirondack yeah, no, chair. Honest, honest. Like, but um, but no, it's like I'm looking know, at like, the Adirondack chair and I'm thinking about Brian's ski Adirondack chair. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I got a couple of those left. That's a that's a, a, a design that's a couple of years old, but I got a few left. Yeah, I'm liking that's the road um, closed one with the Jeep with the uh, the treads on there. Uh, I don't have any of the, I don't have any of those left. We might bring that back in a couple of years. That's like my dream vehicle. To have like yeah, a Wrangler with the treads. Listen, if Jeep, <laughs> if Jeep made a vehicle that could oh. tow my trailer around, I would have a Jeep. But Dude, they don't make an engine big enough boom. to tow my trailer. So there is a place. There's a place in Florida and a place in I think it's South Dakota. Well, they'll actually yeah. drop a Hemi into your Wrangler. I mean, of course. But I think of course it's they called, drop a Hemi. I think it starts at like eighteen thousand dollars on top of the price of the Wrangler. Boom. But but they'll do the regular, like uh the six point four liter, or you can actually get the Hellcat engine. So if you want an eight hundred horsepower Wrangler, pretty sure that well, you know your trailer. This is uh this is a good segue into talking about uh you know one of our new partnerships that we just entered into. Um oh, nice. so like well, so I've got this trailer. Have you guys seen it yet? I don't think so. No. We call it the SS stage trailer. Okay that uh, the whole side drops down, the back drops down, pulls it up and down, and it basically opens up into a pop-up shop. And it's fucking spectacular. Oh, sweet. We drive it from mountain to mountain, or we do go to uh, you know surf competitions or, or skate events or 
music festivals and you know we're we're all over the place i probably do 30 to 35 a year to, to kind of you know emulate the brand and 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 represent you know the personality of what we want to uh to you know embellish here and and so you know it's it's just fun and cool and you know we've got a fire pit people can make s'mores and um you know there's a hammock inside it's, it's just it's awesome but it's also very expensive to run it and so i was looking mm high and low and left and right for a sponsor for this thing because it's four sides it's a billboard it's a it's a, it's a rolling billboard and we've got a great social presence and uh and a really nice footprint and i'm like you know what you know we are at the place now where you can actually seek out a corporate sponsor for this nice and yeah i went basically i needed you know a good chunk of change to keep this thing make it fumble uh to continue with the trailer well i ended up getting one and and swanee america when they make gloves they're a very they're a very prominent glove manufacturer. oh yeah mm-hmm. um and they make great uh they make great gloves well swanee stepped in and they're like listen we love what you're doing um you know we we want to enter into this non-traditional marketing um you know sphere and uh you know we th- to get in front of uh, a new target demographic, which you guys represent. And, um, you know, we'd like to uh, work with you this year. And so that was huge for us. And so we just signed on with them and they've got a new brand called Hudson Collective, which is like a, a younger, more fun kind of uh, basically an, an, an opera version of, of, of what Swanee is um, as far as gloves nice. go. And so, we just signed on with them and, um, you know, we just rewrapped the trailer, which looks spectacular. And, uh, we're very excited to, to move forward with those guys. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a testament to, you know, where we are going as a brand and, you know, what other companies within the industry that are very established, um, are, are taking us, you know, seriously and, uh, you know, willing to work with us. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, all the hard work is starting to finally pay off. And, uh, you know, it's just very exciting. It sounds like it sounds like you're getting able you're able to use your your, you know, your savvy of like connecting with people, which is great. Well, it's one thing I've always been really good at. And, um, you know, just I love people. I love working with people and I love connecting people. And uh, nice. Got to play your strengths, you know. Well, you know. I, I never thought I could turn my personality into a business. You know what mm. I mean? And, and, and that's kind of what it is outside of, you know, the, the product that I have and, you know, what um, I do from a, uh, a tangible standpoint. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it is, we talked about this earlier. It's about relationships and personality and, and dealing with people that you also want to deal with. And, uh, you know, finding other people that kind of, you know, agree with your vision and, and what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, it's not, that's not an easy thing to do either. You know, kind of going yeah. back to our initial conversation about how a lot of the, the ski industry tends to trend a little bit older and not big fans of new things coming in. So, you know, being a new player in here, you know, I guess that's, how was that just making that first initial push when you started this brand? Um, it was tough. Um, cause no one knew who I was. I wasn't an industry guy. Um, you know, I, I was always a big skier and, and, uh, um, 
you know, and, and I loved what I did, but you know, no one knew who I was. And so like when I'm knocking on doors for wholesale accounts, I'm getting literally a hundred no's for every yes I'd get. And, you know, when I'm approaching mountains about the idea of me coming and setting up shop, um, you know, most were, were, were very, um, you know, uh, defiant about the idea of me, you know, coming, uh, to do my thing. And, um, it, it, it was just about perseverance and kind of moving forward and not getting discouraged and realizing like, this is what you're going to have to do in order to move, uh, you know, move in a positive direction. Yeah. Yeah. You need some thick skin, right? Because, you know, it's oh, you easy do. You do. If, if you, if you take the no personally and just give up, then, you know, it's going to be a, a very short entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, you, you need thick skin. It's, it's very important to have that. Um, I think too, like, I don't know, it's just, maybe it's just me, but it seems like the ski industry and like ski resorts and, and everything, like while being a little bit old school um, and wanting to change to the, to the new guard, like they're weary, weary of doing it because they want to make sure they do it to the right people, you know? So having a presence in the industry, and this is what I found for like Brian and I is like, that's big to say that we've been doing it for like X amount of years. Like it's not, Hey, flash in the pan. Uh, Oh, you just started your company last month and you're marketing the shit out of something. You know what I mean? Like you've been around for a while. Like that mean you like going the long haul means a lot to, to people in the, like in the establishment, you know? Oh, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's shops that I was chasing around three, four years ago that I was dying to get into and they wouldn't give me the time of day. And now those shops are calling me to ask if they can carry my brand. Right. You know what I mean? That's got to feel good. That's awesome. It, it does. It does feel good, but I don't take it personally. Like they're doing their due diligence. Like yeah. they don't want to develop a relationship and, 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 and uh, invest in something that's not going to be around or, you know, that's like here and out in, in, you know, six months, you know what I mean? They right. want to work with someone that's reliable, can deliver on their promises and that they know is going to sell because people are, are, you know, in, intrigued and invested in, and stoked about, you know, what you're doing. And that's gotta be big too. Cause I'm sure a lot of people have come to them and promised them the world, you know, like we've all, we've all dealt with those kind of salesmen who, uh, you promise you everything and they never deliver. So oh, I'm sure course. they've been burned too. And like, to Mario's point, you know, they're like, when a new company comes in, you kind of have to have that kind of, you'll know, be a bit skeptical of them because can they actually deliver? Can they do what they said they're going to? Because a lot of times people don't. And that kind of yeah. sours them to the next person who may be doing awesome, but is new. Yeah. Well, no, that's absolutely right. And, and listen, I'm even at that point at this, you know, at this juncture, because, you know, now we're the established brand relative. And, you know, I've got a lot of other, you know, young, I'm sure every year you get somebody coming up saying we could do this better or cheaper or whatever, you know, well, you know, it's a lot of other companies that are, that are trying to, uh, you know, potentially, uh, you know, get involved in the industry. And, um, you know, it's like, Hey, we'd love to work with you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, now I'm kind of seeing what the old guards saw. And I'm like, well, listen, <laughs> Well, and, and, and now I understand where they're coming from because I don't necessarily want to associate with, you know, myself and my brand with another organization that, like you said, is maybe 
either a one hit wonder or they don't have their shit together or by working with them, I'm going to, you know, tarnish my brand image, um, you know, moving forward. So I've got to be very careful about that at this point. And I guess that's a testament to, you know, what we've been able to achieve in the last three, three and a half years, um, you know, that, that I do have to be careful about that, but I'm also very, um, empathetic with other up and coming businesses because I know what they've gone through and I've gone through that same thing very recently. Yeah. And I only ever want to see people succeed. Like, you know, we talked about it earlier. Some people don't have that trait where they want to see people succeed. I do. I love people's success and, you know, anything I could do to help other, you know, new businesses or, or podcasts or whatever it is succeed and, and, and do well, I want to help, but I also want to invest my time in something that's worthwhile. Yeah. That makes perfect right. sense. That's that fine balance. That's, that's so tricky is, to find. It is, it is. It is. And it's kind of like, you know, being, being in the position where, you know, you're a good judge of character and, you know, you, you you're able to position yourself where you can, you know, kind of decide, and, and, uh, you know, decipher whether or not something is worth your time or not. Right. Yeah. And that's, again, being a, a successful entrepreneur, that's, that's kind of that, uh, that line you have to tiptoe on. No, you absolutely do. You absolutely yeah. do. So I got another so. question for you. What made you choose Killington as your, your destination for your business? Well, I mean, a couple different things, you know, uh, one, one of the things is, is mildly self-serving. Um, and, and that is Killington is the largest East coast ski resort. Um, that's, that's not going anywhere. Um, you know, they, they, uh, invest a lot of, uh, capital into improvement structurally. And, and, you know, they got the new base lodge and, you know, they are invested in themselves. Um, but more than that, like I started skiing Killington when I was a junior in high school and I was in Ohio and I organized a ski trip, um, over Christmas break for uh, a bus of us Ohioans to come to Killington. Wow. Ohio to Killington to New York to back to Killington, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I organized it my junior high school and, um, it was fucking awesome. And I remember I was in like math class, like literally drawing out the entire mountain and the trail map. <laughs> um, and just like so stoked to come to a real mountain. And so we did it my junior year. We did it again with one bus. Then my senior year, we had two buses full of people. And uh, when, I, when I got to Marist College, I went to Marist, uh, specifically because they had a ski team. Uh, Marist had two races a year in Killington. And so we used to we used to stay at the Clear River in Tavern, which is in uh, Pittsfield, um, about, uh, you know, 10, 12 minutes away from the mountain. And um, we used to do two two weekends a year and it was fucking awesome. And, um, you know, nice. Killington just became like like my spot. And so then after I graduated, I went down to New York City. Um, you know, I started getting into the share house culture up here. 
after we did a couple New Year's parties, uh, where we'd rent a house for New Year's, and we looked at each other after you know three years of doing New Year's parties, we're like, dude, we can get a house up here for the year for what it costs us for the week for New Year's. Nice. You know? So then we started doing the share house thing. And you know, then we learned about the entire share house culture that's you know prevalent up here and got involved in that. And I did that for like eight years um, until I decided to move up here full time. Nice. Um, and it was just, it was really never a question of, of what, was it going to be Killington or somewhere else? It was just a matter of when it was going to be Killington. Um, and, you know, back to, um, you know, the initial conversation of, of when, you know, I started Till I Die, knocked off the ski, got serious about the brand as a whole, um, Killington was, was the only logical place for me to go because if I'm not in a mountain town or a resort town like this, where, you know, you're skiing or mountain biking or hiking or, or doing the outdoor sports that we, um, you know, push out as, as what, you know, our whole mantra is of do what you love, do it forever. If I can't be here and do that, no one's going to take me seriously in New York city if I'm doing this, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. That's kind of like our, our big dilemma right now is that where, you know, I'm based in Jersey, Mario's in Florida. And that, that's been our biggest hindrance to this whole, this whole, uh, business is that <laughs> we're not based in a mountain town and it makes us look a bit, I wouldn't say stupid. I don't think that's, that's, that's accurate. Uh, oh, we travel. Well, you got invited right. to the ski Vermont media day and the yeah. icon cast media day, right? I guess that's something, right? I gotta say, like my my mantra is like if we're able to travel and work and travel and do what we love and live where our family that's like freaking great and we can do it, you know. So Yeah, and it's not like it's unreasonable to drive to Vermont from where we're, you know, from New Jersey. Yeah. It's not unreasonable at all. But uh No, listen, when I lived in New York City, I did it every weekend, five hours up, five hours back, man, every fucking weekend. Yeah. yeah, you pretty much could like time your bladder, like where you are on the throughway, right? Oh yeah, no. Listen, you know, piss at like the um, yeah, at the, <laughs> at the same place, like, and it was just great. The new Baltimore rest area, right before you get <laughs> to Albany, that's the one we'd always stop at. It had a Starbucks, and it had, yep. you had to cross the yep. highway, and but that was the best they, one. They had, a, they, had a, they had the uh, the chicken place too. That's really good. For Roy Rogers. Yeah, Roy Rogers. <laughs> I love those chicken fingers, man. Those are so damn good. Nice. With the fixins. Yeah, dude. Fixing. Do you know how many? Do you? Know, I would bring my own jar and put the pickles in them. Oh, really? I, I would put I would put their pickles in my own jar to drive and just eat pickles. I felt bad for whoever was driving with me. Yeah. <laughs> Those pickles are really good, though. They're fucking delicious. They're the great. pickle sticks. Yeah, I, I mean they're, they're just charged. Sticks. So, I was, I was um, so going to Killington, Cumberland Farms was the place. When we were at Mount Snow, it was like the freaking 7-Eleven on 100. That was the best place, man. You could buy a Kobe Bryant jersey or you could buy like bourbon, like whatever you wanted. Like yeah, all the the ones, it's a one-stop shop. It oh, really had every, fireworks, liquor, yeah, basketball <laughs> jerseys, like coffee, I don't know. whatever you needed. I don't know why they had it, but I was like, I'm, I'm just intrigued. I just got to buy that shit. It was also right. the, that was the stop. Like if you took that um, that New York City bus that stopped at all the big resorts in Vermont, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. where it stopped at Mount Snow. So like that was like this the massive gathering spot. So I guess they figured, you know, if people are going to need something for the weekend, we're going to be the place that has it. Dude, I couldn't stop laughing. It's like a full on Kobe Bryant jersey, like hundred bucks, boom, right there at a Seven Eleven. Yeah, where did you get that? that? Mario, do, do you wear a lot of men's uh, names on the back of your shirts? 
I do not. <laughs> right, that's okay if you do. I'm not judging you, but I'm I do not. But it was hilarious. So that's why it was so funny. I was like, "Oh my god, who's gonna wear that?" And then I'm like, "It's like an official jersey." I'm like, "Really? Yeah, it's great." What about what about Baker Baker touchdown Maker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things for me. I realized when I was like in my like twenties, I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna wear another man's name on my back, he better be older than me. Like a legend. Well, like I have like I still have like I'm a big Pittsburgh Penguins fan, which I'm sure you probably hate being from Ohio. But like no, dude, I, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. I was a big Mario Go Lemieux. Mario fan. Lemieux. Yes, that was like my guy. So like I'd have like a Lemieux jersey, but like if there was a Crosby jersey, that's, I couldn't. That's why he it. has me on the podcast because you know he likes Mario on his back. Oh like, yeah. Boom. Ayo. Ayo. Speaking of speaking of Mario, uh, this has nothing to do with you. I'm just gonna segue into Johnny Mosley. Um, dude, I didn't get a chance to fucking hang out with uh, Johnny the other night, man. Yeah. Oh really? Damn. Yeah, I had all I was, the hookup right there. I, I, I was, was bummed. <laughs> I was too busy wasting his time asking him how to do a backflip. And like, dude, how... weren't you grinding on him like on the dance floor or some shit like that? I said? believe you. Oh, dude, were I would outdance. I would outdance Johnny Mosley in a heartbeat. You should have a yeah, dance. Yeah, no, I, I know he just opened a new place in in Tahoe, and, and my graphics designer is actually out of Tahoe, and so I'm gonna head I think out we there. Meet in Tahoe dance off Johnny Mosley. Yeah, no, I'm gonna head out there later this season. I'm gonna call him out on social, and I'm like, Mosley at Mosley's nine <laughs> o'clock Thursday. See you yeah, there. that's a legit <laughs> call out, man. That's legit. It's a dance off. Yeah, no, he was, uh, I, I was chatting about like, you know, I, I have this delusional vision about I, how I still at this advanced age want to learn how to do a backflip, not necessarily on skis, nice. just any sort of backflip. Now I have, <laughs> I have zero like gymnastics or aerobic ability, but it's something I actually watched for a half a day YouTube videos of people teaching you how to do a backflip. So I was actually asking him because I had about two old fashions at that point. I'm like, okay, man, so what should I do to learn how to do a backflip? He's like, probably practice in water first. So, you know what's funny about this conversation is like when you meet other people in the industry, whether it's like, you know, they're, they, they own the brand or, you know, they're part of a podcast or, you know, other industry people. And then you find out like who's actually really fucking good at skiing. That sucks. <laughs> Let me tell you who I, I don't know who really sucks. Although my boy Adam Jabber, I don't I've never skied with him before. I I, I want to give him a run for his money. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I know your your boys at Adam too, aren't you? I don't know. I don't think we know Adam. Nope. No, he's a good guy. You guys would like him. You guys would like him. But if Adam if Adam sucks at skiing, I wouldn't be shocked. However, <laughs> however. <laughs> However, one of my buddies, one of my buddies, uh, his name's David Zorka, works for, uh, uh, he's actually the, the GM at New Schoolers, right? Okay. So we end up hanging out at um, the On Snow demo out at, uh, uh, where was it, uh, Copper last year, right? And it was the first time that Zorko and I had ever skied together. And I didn't know what to expect. And like, you know, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I can, I can, I can hold my own. But like, dude, I'm not a backflipper. Like, I can, yeah. do, I can do spins. I can do spins, but I don't go fucking inverted. It's not my thing. <laughs> right? not, that's just not what I do. I'm like way fucking past that. I'm in my 30s. Like, no, I can't do it. You know, I can, I can spin for days, but I don't go inverted. Right. But Zorko, out of fucking nowhere, throws a backy off of Boom. nothing. Boom. And he's just like skiing right next to me. And I just look and I'm like, 
was that just a backflip, bro? <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me and nodded his head like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, just get getting warmed up, bro. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did it. And it was just kind of like, all right, all right. Kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like, good for you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking show off. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, though. It's because, like, you know, just because we're in this industry doesn't, I guess, necessarily mean that, like, we're all gnarly skiers, right? I mean, some of us might suck. It's just, it's a love thing, you know? We were, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the Alba Adventure folks. They do uh, they do some, like, ski videos. They're based in New York City. We were interviewing them last night. And, you know, they're a fa- you know, they're a family. They have, you know, it's the, the mother and father, and then they have their two kids, both in their um one's fifteen, one's I think she's eleven or twelve. Oh, wait, were they at the were they at the 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 thing too? The ski Vermont thing too? I don't no, they were not there. They were at a um like a film festival, I think. They've been like to all these film festivals, they do these like short, you know, oh, five to good. ten minute films, and they're they're almost like creating like a family, like a family album, like videos collection. Mm-hmm. Of cool. all their adventures, all their trips. Okay. And they're, they actually, they're based in Pico. So they're, they they get a house there every year and they're always there. And they, oh, they bounce that's around. how I know who they are. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alba, yeah, yeah. They're always a Pico. I follow them on Instagram. They're actually really good. Yeah. Like them. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're really, really. Yeah, they were, they were at a film festival in Montreal last weekend. And they went on, I think, right after the level one movie, you know, after Romance. Yeah. And they're, you know, the guy goes up there and he's like, he's like, hey, man, he's like, you know, like we just watched these like ridiculous, like the be- some of the best skiers in the world. He's like, we suck compared to that. But like, we think we still have a story to tell, though. We hope you guys enjoy it. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> and but, you know, that was the thing. Like they have this story behind it that makes. But that makes story was pretty freaking empowering. It was good. They do a great job telling these stories and having like a, like a theme to it. They're almost like little mini Warren Miller movies, but they're around their family. And, you know, again, they're not ripping off, you know, triple backflips or, you know, uh, outrunning avalanches down splines in Alaska. But there's there's something to it that still makes it compelling and enjoyable, which. No, and dude, and listen, I operate and I've got a reputation for this. I operate more than I ski. (laughs) (laughs) I ski for the camera. I ski on powder days. I ski on Wednesdays when no one's on the mountain. And, you know, I ski with pros. That's that's sweet. Nice. That's the way to do it. Those are the rules that you have to set for yourself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just trying to get enough days in to be able to have those rules. Right now, I'm like, fuck, I'll ski with anyone. Well, we're actually, well, here's what we're doing. Uh, We're starting. So, you know how Killington has like the, the 100 day club? Yeah. Yep. Where it's like you ski a hundred days, you get it like a hat and whatever, and like you get your picture taken, whatever. Well, we're starting the uh the twenty-one day club this year, uh unofficially sponsored by uh Till I Die and uh not sanctioned by Killington at all. So <laughs> um but what we're doing is uh if you get twenty-one days uh having a beer at the umbrella bar, then you get a hat from Till I Die. You get a uh, a picture on our Instagram, and and then you get a free beer. Nice. Yeah. So we will buy you a beer. Very now, nice. Now, what sort of yeah. uh, is there a third party that will be there to confirm the beer consumption? So uh, everyone's getting a punch card, and you've got to keep your punch card on you. And when you go to Umbrella Bar, the uh, bartenders will have a little puncher, and they will punch your punch card. And so once you hit 21 days, I will have the banner and the hat ready for you. Um, nice. And, you know, sweet. We, uh, you know, also honor system. You know, it's it's, it's on the honor system because we're all <laughs> friends here. Right. So I could pay somebody to get my punches for me and just show up the last day and be like, hey, what's up, bro? 
Listen, I'm at the umbrella <laughs> bar every day, so I'll know if you're not there for 21 of them. Wait, is the umbrella bar actually open every day? No, that's why it's hard to get 21 days. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not an easy thing. Which umbrella bar? The, the superstar the one, one. The one at K1. So this is the problem that I was like, what about Snowshed? I'm like, no, the there's too many families yeah. in Snowshed. That's where the kids hang out. It's ridiculous. I go to K1. Yeah, so it's yes. going to be a K1, K1 umbrella bar. That's the real one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bigger one. And there's a fire pit there. And, and there's two of them. There's, they open the second one once in a while, the overflow, right? Well, then they moved no, no, that they one moved, to Snowshed. They moved that one down to Snowshed. Well, I mean, listen, yeah, I, listen, I understand <sighs> why they don't open it. Sometimes I, I say to myself, why is this not open? But most of the time, they're in the right. They're like, it's either too cold, which happens, or, um, you know, there's not enough people for them to have two bars open at K1. You know what I mean? I like how they built out that lodge, though. Wait till the uh, new dude, one. Wait till you see it next year. It's going to be fire. Yeah, nice. that thing is going to be. It's going to be like a giant peak lodge. That's sweet. How much do the lift tickets go up because of that? <laughs> uh, can they uh, justify we're back it? To, we're back to. We're back to ticket prices. Yep. Uh oh. Oh, I don't even know what a day pass is at Killington. He gets them for free. I get a merchant. I get a merchant <laughs> season pass. Nice. nice. That's sweet. the way to do it. I get a merchant season pass. But if you guys come up to do a fam trip, like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll get you some lift passes. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. That's very nice. Yeah, we try to get up there, you know, at least at least a dozen times. A dozen days worth, at least, up there. A dozen? So how are you going to make 21 days at Umbrella Bar if you're only here for 12? See, this is the challenge. And, uh, you know, you got, going back to the, the thing of having a corporate Here's job. Here's 20 days planned. There's a, having the corporate job that kind of drains your life forces. I'm planning for the 2020 burning of the ships myself. So, well, and, and here's what I'll tell you too, though. It's like, you leave your job, right. And you want to do this. Let's say you want to do this full time, right? If you think you need $30,000 to, to, to continue this, you need 90. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. So it's like triple what you think you need. And, um, dude, it's not easy. Like, Dude, there's, there's, there's weeks and months where I'm like fucking either eating ramen noodles or, you know, if, if I'm doing an event and I can't afford the hotel room because I'm pinching pennies, I'll sleep in my fucking trailer. Nice. You know, That's why like, you got a nice trailer though. It, it is a nice trailer, yeah. but you know, I'll sleep in the trailer. Uh, sure, yeah. I'll eat ramen noodles. Like, you know, the sacrifices you have to make financially and, and personally, like, you know, I don't have a family. You know what I mean? I, I, I have a very supportive girlfriend, um, but, you know, I, I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't have a mortgage. Um, you know, there, there's certain things that I do that allow me to be successful in this position, um, you know, that that a lot of other people, you know, might not have the, the luxury of, of being able to do. Yeah, yeah you, you did it at the right time. That's for sure. Because once you have those things, there tends to be a lot more juggling required. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 harder to do. You can't nec- you know, you, you can't negotiate a lot of the same things that that you're able to do. And, well, that's why and you also have the ladies around to to you know wear the gear, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, you know, it's 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 important. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you guys did you guys hear about our, our calendar that we're doing? No, I was actually going to ask you about that. Yeah, the uh, winter body calendar, right? Yeah, the winter body calendar. So, no, uh, the picture it was all dudes that have their pants off. Well, <laughs> but the <laughs> girls, the girls had their tops off. The girls had their tops off. Oh, okay. All right. So the uh, you know Sports Illustrated has the swimsuit issue. ESPN does the body issue. Well, now till I die is doing the winter body calendar. 
Uh, we've already got several submissions, which are hilarious and, <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> um, but no, we're doing a calendar of like, you know, funny and tasteful, um, obviously Instagram appropriate content. Um, and we're going to put a calendar together and the, the winner of the calendar, uh, is going to get a, uh, white claw, black cherry snowboard. God, and, damn, those things yeah, are great. That's, that's pretty fun. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. And then we're, we're developing, uh, you know, thank you to Justine, uh, who came out with this ski naked shirt. Um, and then we're going to, uh, you know, give ski naked shirts to anyone else that actually submits a, uh, a photo into the contest. But isn't that kind of an oxymoron? A ski naked shirt? Uh, yeah, I guess it is. But you can always yeah. cut nipple holes out of it. <laughs> there you go. That's, right, kind of that? my, that's my new thing. It's just nipple mm. holes. That's the bandana. That's the ski naked, ski naked shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Listen, it could be anything you want. You could wear it around your waist. You could like <laughs> just not wear it. Uh, you just like hold it off to the side like you're, you know, you're in a... Or go like Red Hot Chili Pepper style with a sock. Just do the sock, yeah. Just do the sock. There you go. Just wear it as a sock. It's a good look. It's for the right. kids. Don't they know about shrinkage? <laughs> I just got out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, we're rolling on about an hour and 20 minutes. I got one more question for you. Are there any dream collaborations that you have? I know you've done Ooh, some stuff wow. with Facet Skis and a few other companies, but is there any is there any other company that you would be like, oh my god, you're dying for the opportunity to work with them and, and create this super god. product? That's such a loaded question. <laughs> um, Facet has been super supportive. I love those guys. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I've exclusively skied their skis for the last three years. Nice, uh, they're, the best, they're the best skis on the market. Wow, um, cool. You know, we, we work with a lot of other brands. You know, we, we've got a really good relationship with uh, Parlor Skis and Burn, uh, New Schoolers, which, you know, they're, they're not a, a, an apparel brand, but, uh, you know, we've got a really good relationship with Teton Gravity. God, who, who would be my dream collaboration? Louis Vuitton. Boom. No, I think it'd Louis, be a lot of Louis fun. Vuitton Skis. You saw those, right? They came out <laughs> back in like uh, the spring. They're ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. There was Who like a Louis Vuitton. Pa- no, Louis Vuitton made a pair of skis. I think they were what, like, like ten thousand dollars. Of course, something ridiculous. Um, who would be my dream collaboration? I'd really like to work with. I don't get starstruck very often. Growing up, Johnny Mosley was like my guy, kind of like Air Jordan. What Jordan did for the NBA, like that iconic, like him, you know, fucking dunking, like. That's Johnny Mosley doing the fucking Iron Cross 360 in 98 Nagato. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, I would love to fucking work with Mosley. I kind of feel bad for him in a way because, like, if he was around, if social media was around, I guess you could say, when he was in, in his prime, dude would have, like, 10 million fucking followers. Like, he was the guy. Yeah, he was on SNL. Like, he, was, he did a lot of stuff, but it was just, yeah, it was a little bit too soon. I think he hosted uh, Real World Road Rules at one point. I'd love to do Mosley. Lindsay Jacobellis, I think, is pretty awesome. I'd love to work with yeah, her. Yeah, pretty awesome. You know, and that's, like, you know, another, another cool element. Just working with, like, you know, sweet pros who, like, you know, have, have kind of, you know, taken the sport and the industry to, to different levels. How about um, Bodie Miller? Bodie's my, Bodie's my guy, man. Like, I Bodie's love that the guy. fucking man. He's um, been through a lot of shit. I love him. He has been through a lot of shit. And yeah. you know what is great? He's fucking persevered and yep. he's moved forward and he's done really good things for himself. 
I'll see a Bodie Miller and Lindsey Vaughn like little bam, little, little baby. Lindsey Vaughn would be cool. A I think super, Lindsay's, Lindsay's, a super baby from them. Lindsey's probably cool too. Too cool for me. Yeah, she's we in actually, the she's in the hip area right now. She's so, like, yeah, dude. I mean, listen, you know, I didn't date Tiger. She's Wood. in the mainstream right now. Um, she's probably too cool for me. Um, well, so Mario mentioned the Bodie Miller, Lindsey Vaughn. So we actually had, I think it was Richness <laughs> here a few months ago. We actually had a whole like a podcast episode about if we were going to make a skiing super baby, <laughs> who would the parents be? So oh, if you Bodie, could be and like, Bodie and Lindsey, Bodie and <laughs> Lindsey, done. But Bodie we were like, well, what if we, what about Michaela? You know, there was Shaq in there. Somebody's got to listen, 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 <laughs> listen, Bodie and Lindsey is the super baby. All right. All due respect to Michaela. I think she's awesome. You know, she's done amazing things. If she doesn't retire this year, she'll fucking, you know, she'll, she'll overtake the, the total wins list or whatever. But, uh, no, I think as a nation, we have to Bodie tell Miller Michaela Schiff and who she has to be with because, uh, she's got to have okay, like you know a super baby. No, 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 guys, I got a new one for you. <laughs> Bodie Miller, Peekaboo Street. Boom. Oh. Boom. It's Peekaboo, Peekaboo Street. Is she still fertile though? Uh, don't care, don't she's, know, but damn. her name is Peekaboo, and that's the, fucking amazing. She's part yeah. of the Olympic program. There was a saved eggs. Don't well, worry see, about it. We had a whole like we're not wild, worried about that. We had like a wild card thing where it's like, yeah, like what about Shaq and Michaela Schifrin? <laughs> you know, like you're all like super athlete, or like Serena Williams and um, Ted Ligety, LeBron like, and Lindsey. Uh, Ted Ligety's oh. my dude. Yeah, I love Ligety. Ted Ligety. Lady Ligety Michaela is, Schifrin. Is that yeah. too old? Too young? I don't know. That's a little gross. I don't know what. I don't know. It's definitely. It's a topic that can be debated. Yeah. Who can, who can win the Hanukkah? That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I wish we could come back to this conversation and do an entire another podcast, and I want to be involved in it. I think, I think we should. Mull it over. We'll have a celebrity death match kind of thing. Like this is the opposite. The this is like celebrity creating, creating people. Celebrity create people. match. That would yeah. be great. Celebrity create match. Darth Vader is going to be in there. White Walker you know and Lindsey Vaughn. Listen, Boom. Winning. I'm gonna that's a really good question, Brian. You just asked me, by the way, about like who's my dream collaboration. Yeah. Um, I want to think about it again and come back and like re-record that because that's that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me. If you say Elton John, it's too topical. Just saying. Yeah, his new book. <laughs> Elton John's new book. If you want to feel uncomfortable, read some of that. Yeah. I want to work with Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> he just backies off anything, that guy. <laughs> On water. Uh, yeah, he turns he turns water into wine. Like he turns he turns snow into into you know Jägermeister slushies. Like yeah. <laughs> that's right. Johnny had the Iron Cross. Jesus had the wooden cross. Right. Damn. Oh wow, that got yeah. dark. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna be at the Boston show, right? Yeah, dude, can't wait. We we've got a huge party on that Saturday night. Nice. Uh, it's a collaboration that we're doing with uh, First Chair Travel Co. Parlor Skis. It's at their HQ. Burn helmets till I die. Kukia bags. Um, oh, I, wow. I believe Gansett, okay, yeah. Narragansett beer, and Whistlepig are sponsoring. Whistlepig, uh, goddamn. We're, we're showing uh, two movies. I know Dream Job is one of them, and it's been a real popular flick this year. So, uh, dude, that's going to be fucking awesome. We're only charging fifteen bucks for tickets for that, uh, and it's gonna. It, it, it's almost sold out already. But wow. um, I've got a, I've got a couple tickets left uh, for you guys. Don't worry. I right, oh, awesome. four. We got a pack of four. We're crawling with. Yeah, we're def- we're gonna be up there. Uh, yeah, we'll be up there Thursday through Sunday. So we're we're really excited about we're it. We're going too. we're going bowling with New Hampshire. Like if that means anything, I don't yes. know what that's bowling? about. Ski Ski New Hampshire's got a bowling event on One Thursday. O'clock. One o'clock. Ooh, Let's go. Shit. One o'clock. You might no, get. I can't do that. I got to be at the show. 
God. It's a, on Thursday, eleven to one. All right, maybe it's maybe. It's early. Right. No one's gonna be. You never count know. me. Listen, never count me out for anything. You right? what? <laughs> You're my plus one. I'm writing down right now. <laughs> plus one. Sweet. Sweet. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time. We really do appreciate it. Um, it, it was- Dude, guys, I'm stoked this happened, man. Like, listen, it was uh, the stars aligned. I'm I'm glad we actually got to meet in person. That was awesome. And uh, no, I I do appreciate you guys bringing me on. This is this is great. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, people actually more than more than like six people actually listen to it. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll definitely guys. see you in, in a couple weeks. Yes, sounds good. All right, thanks, Ryan. Cheers, boys. Cheers, man. If you guys enjoyed it, uh, we'll have information and link to Till I Die in the show notes at our website, skibumpodcast.com. If you want to check out more, send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. All right, so first up, if you haven't been watching the World Series, this kind of is a story that we were thinking about putting in the Opre section, but it's kind of applicable everywhere. Uh, so if you've been watching the World Series or you've been watching the news, you've probably seen the guy that was carrying two Bud Lights go into his seat and a home run ball came right at him. And he had a decision. Do I drop one of the Bud Lights and catch the ball or do I do what he did? and just take the ball, take it for the team, and just let it hit him and not drop the beers. And I saw the interview with him. They actually had the interview yesterday that I saw, and uh, he was saying he didn't realize he was on TV. He didn't think about it. Yeah, because you know what? When a home run is going into the uh, crowd, (laughs) the the camera is never on the home run ball, ever. Yeah, but he, he said he was just coming back to his seat, had some beers for, I think he said his wife, or maybe his girlfriend. I don't know. But he said uh, he's he's coming back. Well, hopefully it wasn't his girlfriend if he's got a wife, because then he's going to be in some real deep shit. Exactly. So he said he, he's going back and he was almost there and he was getting ready to sit down. And all of a sudden he looks up and there's a ball and he's like, what am I going to do? So he just held up. He didn't want to lose the beers. And he wound up actually getting the ball anyway, because it hit him. It fell right down and he picked it up. So I was like, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, right in his chest, like the kind of right man bosom is yeah. where it hit him it looks like a big dude too like when he grabs the ball he looks like he's like a bigger guy so you well, know, he wasn't you know, like a monster he was an older dude like just you know yeah but he looked like he like a, like a broad guy not like some little like dainty person that would have had their you know whole rib cage shattered with a baseball hit them yeah but it was kind of cool what he did. And then like Bud Light jumped all over it because they're like, they got shirts now. They gave him tickets to the next game, which I think is still going on as we speak. Um, yeah, I think it's bottom of the ninth right now. It looks like damn. Washington is going to win. 3-2? It's like 6-2. Ooh, wow. Uh, so... yeah, they, 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 Bud Light like put it into a commercial. Like They've done a lot of stuff with it. <laughs> but... uh. Yeah, he's a Nationals fan, so if the Nationals win, uh, it's even better for him. He'll probably be in the parade. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he they're, everybody's embracing him because he's like a regular dude that just, like, did this thing, and everybody's like, oh, it's... He's yeah. like the anti-Steve Bartman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good description. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, you know what? It's one of those things. You When opportunity presents itself, you know, who are you going to be? And this guy kind of manned up and, you know, just uh, took it for the team, like you said. Yeah. Now look at him. That's pretty cool. So Goddamn hero. 
So I'll drink my Ananolite to you, sir, <laughs> which is an Anheuser-Busch product as well, I think. Real men of genius, right? That's what right. What was that? Which, which, was that Bud? Mm. I forget. It's one of those things like you remember of the course. commercial Real men of genius. Yes, it was, it was Bud. Bud, right? So this this guy, they could, they could revive that whole ad campaign and make mm. this guy like the initial poster boy. It was Real Men of Genius and Real American Heroes. That's right. So he could do either one. Mr. Take the home run in the chest guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you paid $37 for two cans of Bud Light. <laughs> God Bring damn it. Out your best. <laughs> and God damn it. You know that money doesn't grow on trees. Right. No, it let me, doesn't. Let me teach you the value of a hard earned dollar kid. Yeah. Right. Take it for the team. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. We got one more story. We're going to wrap it up this week. A man was acting drunk but swore he was sober. Turns out his stomach was brewing beer. Dude, this is crazy. This is the weirdest story. goddamn article ever. Yeah. Well, There's the crazy par- stuff is you read the whole thing, right? You find out like the real science behind it. Like, holy shit. And there's a lot of people that I guess this happens to, right? Well, I think they're saying it's only like what, like 500 or 100 people like documented, but they say it's under. It's underdiagnosed because people don't realize this is a real thing that could happen. Wow. Yeah. Which so this guy, now every we... DWI is going to be like, Oh no, I'm brewing my own beer. <laughs> I have a uh, auto brewery syndrome. Yeah. Officer. I had cake before I got in the car. <laughs> so police and doctors didn't believe cake. this 46 year old man when he swore that he hadn't had alcohol before he was arrested on suspicion of drunken driving. His blood alcohol level was zero, uh, 0.2, more than twice the legal limit <laughs> for operating is a car. super hammered, man. Yeah, right? Holy he shit, refused dude. a breathalyzer test, was hospitalized, and later released, but the facts remained in contention. When researchers discovered the unusual truth, fungi in the man's digestive system were turning carbohydrates into alcohol, a rarely diagnosed condition known as auto-brewery syndrome. It's a weird name for it, too. Yeah. Auto brewery. People Dude, with this the reason syndrome, I'm fat, it turns it into like this is this is me. This is why I'm fat. Yeah. <laughs> People with this syndrome, fermenting fungi or bacteria in the gut produce ethanol and can cause the patients to show signs of drunkenness. The condition, also known as gut fermentation syndrome, much better name, can occur in otherwise healthy people, but is more common in patients with diabetes, obesity, or Crohn's disease. Dude, think about it. That could be causing half of the like it could be causing your diabetes. Like that's yeah, fucked right? up. Yeah, it's rarely studied and is diagnosed infrequently. And I guess they're saying that there's been some studies that have cast doubt onto the validity of it as a real syndrome. Yeah, but they said doctors gave uh, the, the first came to light in the news after a uh, a driver of a truck spilled eleven thousand salmon onto a highway. Claimed to have auto brewery syndrome. Oof. Yeah, and they did a so doctors gave the man a carbohydrate heavy meal and watched his blood alcohol level shoot up to 0.57. Holy <sighs> shit, that's drunk. Wow. That's five times over the limit. Over five times. <laughs> I mean, what is what's the limit? Point point oh eight. I'm like, that is that's almost seven six times, times the limit. No, it's seven. Seven times. That's fucked up. Damn. So that was like just giving them carbohydrate, carbohydrate heavy meal. So they're actually saying the sad part is like 
the fact that this is a real thing, I mean, it's pretty fucked up. They're saying people, some of the people smell like alcohol all the time, uh, feel too tired to work or spend time with family. Say some people are unemployed because of the condition and others skip meals to be sober for longer periods because when they eat a meal, they get drunk. Um, they're saying people just walk around with hangovers all the time. It's pretty fucked up. They summer if from if you had vomiting and headaches. Diet. If you oh. had a carb-free diet, would it not convert then? It it would. It's like having diabetes. Like so, you eat anything with carbs or anything that metabolizes into carbs. Right now, that spikes your sugar. Now think about if you have like, I'm not even talking diabetes, but like with this, if you have anything, it's like having a beer with your meal. And think about how much shit has carbohydrates in it. Like you eat just like a potato and it's like, well, you had two beers. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the level is, but like, that would be like what it would kind of equate to. Wow. So it's just pretty messed up. It's like, while it's amazing that this fungi can do that, it's pretty fucked up that they get it. And then they say they have to give them antifungals and and a whole bunch of stuff. But think about it. Like if you don't know what's going on, and boom, you get a DWI. Then everybody's like, oh, you're a drunk. I don't want to be around you. I'm like, like, where do they turn to? It's pretty sad, you know? Yeah, right. It's kind of a kind of a strange one. It sounds like kind of funny and awesome at first. Then you kind of read it. You're like, oh, that's actually really kind of sad and awful. Yeah. Well, they're saying that the one guy, Cord- Cordell, I don't know who that is, somebody in the article, um, says he runs a support group for about 200 people with this syndrome and says roughly 500 people from around the world have contracted the condition since 2015. So So spreading, you know, I think it's pretty fucked up, man. Yeah. Yeah. But that other one was uh, the driver of the truck spilled 11,000 salmon onto a highway. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Do they actually count the salmon? Come on. Yeah, they had a truck. They're like, we had 11,000 in there. And that's Fake what they news. told they the insurance company. 4, that's how many got spilled. 4,000. That was it. Well, that wraps up the old podcast for the week. I want to thank you again, Ryan, for coming on and doing an interview with us. Ryan from Till I Die. And thank yeah, you. Fun interview. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want more information, check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at skibumpodcast. And that's an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you would, subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcasting apps, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. We're also on Pinterest and YouTube and everywhere else. So thank you again so much for listening. We will talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.